Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. How you doing, man? I feel like I should introduce you as professional wrestler, Tax Williams, now. Well, you know, for the next six months, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Right, so today's podcast, we are doing the NWA Crockett Cup 2019, but I had a realization during the week. We uploaded the first prequel podcast of this show on June the 1st, 2018. It is now the 19th of June, 2019. Happy birthday, dude. Happy birthday. <laughs> In true poor podcast style, we've missed our birthday. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not like a massive concern of us, but like we did a whole year of podcasting. Yeah, it's brilliant. I said, you know, we've, we've missed a couple of shows here or there. I think I was ill. We had your birthday. We've had a few bits, but bonus pods have well made up for it. So we, this is 38 now. Yeah. We've done, I think, 10 bonuses, maybe more. Yeah, that's so amazing. That's pretty good going, man. Considering like most things in my life, I kept going for about six months and just went, nah, fuck it. <laughs> you know, like... It's really lovely that we managed to do a whole year of podcasting. Got to be careful because, you know, when I was in bands, normally if it looked like any chance of success, I'd quit. So (laughs) other than buying our shirts on Amazon. Yeah, you can buy a t-shirt on Amazon if you want. Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk. Just search World of Wrestling Podcast. You'll find this awesome CM Punk spoof design t-shirt. New t-shirts are in the works. Oh, yeah. hmm, Yeah, go buy this one. It's really cheap. It's like 15 quid. So, right, go ahead. So a few little news items for us before we talk about the NWA. First of all, um, IPW, Billy Wood's gone, Mark Young taken over. Wow, okay, good so to know. Did Mark, not know that. Mark Young off of Wrestle League and SOS in Harlech and also SOS Kent mm-hmm. has now taken the reins of IPW, potentially creating something I've seen a logo for, IPWL, so I, um, in International Pro Wrestling League. Oh, um, okay. I don't know if um, I saw that um, Adam from Progress tweeted, does that mean the rules have changed again? <laughs> and I thought, oh, well played. So, What was the big rule change they did recently? With well, that's IPW? when they switched it to the five rounds oh, or the 12 round championship bout. No, don't um, take that from MMA or old pro wrestling. Like, pro wrestling needs no rounds, yeah. basically. And so Wrestle League had a decent-ish following in smaller venues, so it's going to be interesting, you know, as always, want everything to succeed you know yeah billy would put a lot of money into ipw i don't think the product benefited personally from the in-ring action you've got great talent but there was no storylines because they focused really on what well, which big name can we get in and we'll just pad out the card with anyone else and there's no progressive storylines i can't really comment only yeah. seen a couple of shows did the one in canterbury it was it was okay yeah but, you know but so that's ipw mm-hmm. um progress uh, have now agreed with Power Slam TV to have their 2019 back catalogue shown on there as well as on demand progress. Interesting. So they're mm. branching out a little bit there. Half expected you to say the network at some point, but no, something else. I think it will be on the network in the next couple of years. Yeah, I thought that was the plan eventually yeah. to have other promotions that are, have relationships with the WWE to I, be on the network. Yeah, but... I think that's going to be because they're looking at a price hike potentially next year for right. it an enhanced content package yeah so that's it news bit number three pro wrestling tees have reduced international postage to the uk i did see that oh, earlier, yeah. fantastic so, so we can uh, annoy our missuses by buying more pro wrestling merch. exactly because <laughs> um, it's cheaper and the final one so uh, a few people have asked us uh on nothing else on tv when's the next set of owe coming along so uh the, the next season of uh, the owe stuff from china is imminent so okay, uh, cool. keep an eye out we also have a semi-tease. Mm. Now, as the details haven't been released yet, I can't talk officially about a little show called Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. 
Okay. That is going to be held in the UK. Right. But watch this space. Watch, uh, follow us on our social media platforms. Follow the OWE social media platforms. And uh, you will soon be able to see which talent from OWE, AEW, and some of the UK scene will be appearing on this show. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on the social media. More details to follow of Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Breaking news from your OWE commentator over here. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool, man. Awesome. But on to the pod content. Right, let's do it. So we're doing the NWA 2019 Crockett Cup, or what could be referred to as the ROH NWA (laughs) Crockett Cup, because there's lots of ROH involvement. Well, from commentary to most of the talent. Mm. Um, It's good to see CMLL and uh, New Japan decide to go, I'll just send the old boys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, 27th of April, 2019, we're at the Cabarrus Arena. I think it's Cabarrus Arena? I'm not sure. Cabarrus Arena. In Concord, North Carolina, boys! North (laughs) Caliac. Awesome. So, I mean, I couldn't find an official attendance for this, but the capacity is around 1,300. I think there's probably around that number there, to be honest. Around 1,000 people. Nice, intimate crowd. Nice, intimate venue. Yeah, quite a nice venue. Kind of... um, Typically TV studio sort of venue, like blacked out everything, like a quite unreasonable entrance way, nice lighting, no problem really. Like it's done a, done reasonably well. WCW Saturday night on the soundstage. It but feels a bit very darker, like that. A little bit darker. It's a bit more blacked out, but yeah. yeah. But this is what I imagine... Here's what would happen if we filmed wrestling in the 80s with modern cameras. Yeah, it felt like that. It felt very NWA. Yeah. The show felt a little bit like if an ROH show was a bit worse... <laughs> I thought you were going to say an ROH show was a bit better. Well, in terms of production, like how it looks, yeah. it's not necessarily the wrestling matches. I mean, I didn't watch the 70th anniversary show, and I wonder if the production levels were the same. But I wonder Is that if that an NWA one. Yeah, I'm assuming. Like, who watches the NWA really? Well, me, Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I wonder if again, a lot of the production values, as we saw in a lot of the graphics, were to be a throwback to sort of the 80s Crockett's legacy. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we'll get to those. <laughs> we will indeed, sir. There's definitely some issues, but it's okay. So apparently, uh, according to Cornette on commentary, this is broadcast on traditional pay-per-view, the Honor Club, and Fight TV. And I think something else he mentioned as well, but I'm going to be honest, I could not be fucked to go back and check it. No. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in Venice, nice, sensible planning. Let's have Jim Cornette on commentary with his association with the Crockett's. Yeah. So we've got Cornette. We've got Joe Galley, I think his name yep. is. And we've got Ian Riccoboni on commentary. What do you think of these three combined? Well, I thought Joe was going to be the uh, main play-by-play guy, but I think Ian Riccoboni <laughs> sort of took over and took it for himself throughout the yeah. show. There was quite a lot of that going on, really, wasn't it? It was lots of, um, we all need to talk at the same time. Yeah. Um, Which... And part of the reason why I was happy to see Cornette on this, on this three-man team was I thought... There is no way we're going to get out of this without anything controversial, offensive, (laughs) or potentially downright being very rude to some wrestlers in the ring. Hi, Cop Cabana. (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, we'll get to that in a second. So um, open with a... um, Oops, sorry. Basically, this is essentially you've tricked me into watching an ROH show that I said I was never going to do again. (laughs) It's not an ROH show. It's an NWA show (laughs) with the beautiful NWA ring. Yeah, with ROH on the side of it. (laughs) I chose to ignore the existence of ROH with Enzo and Cass XL. God, like, I'm happy they haven't seemed to have followed through with that nonsense. Like, they seem to have realised they got so much backlash from having those guys appear at the G1 Supercard thing. Didn't you see Moxley wrestling Cass XL? 
this weekend on an independent? No. Yeah. Okay. How was it? Didn't watch it because oh, okay. it's got big cast in it. Do you know who it was for? Uh, Buck Creek. But it wasn't for Ring of Honor, was it? Oh, no. So at least Ring of Honor have taken a backseat and gone, oh, actually, maybe we'll just push you away from the product. Go away. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I don't know. It was a bad decision. I've heard a couple of people say that that, that decision of them turning up to fight with the Briscoes at the Madison Square Garden for the New Japan ROH show. Apparently that came from like the higher-ups at Sinclair rather than the actual booking team and such. And, and like, it, they had no say in it. They were just like, okay, we have to do this. Our bosses are telling us to do it. At that point, then they, it was a great move going... Who should we have them go and be beaten up by? I wonder if the Briscoes will be up mm-hmm. for this. Because yeah. they're nice, clean-cut boys, oh, aren't they? sure, yeah. They're on this Damn show as boys. well. They, they, they have a nice impact on this show, actually. Yeah, kind really, of really good. This, but. Yeah. Anyway, so we open with a Nick Aldis, Marty Skull opening video package, which is going to be our main event for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Aldis wants a return to greatness for the NWA. He's on this whole rebirth of the NWA trip where he's trying to get the NWA to be like a significant indie promotion, if yeah. not more, again. And he's done an amazing job as the World's Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Like, I gave no fucks about the NWA for the last, let's say, 20 plus years. Yeah. And to see that this this show is at this point with this sort of crowd, with that as your champion, like, yeah, okay, I get it. That's fine. I'm cool with this. The best thing the NWA did was take their belt back from TNA. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because <laughs> we're going to do it in the nice gauntlet exposure. for the gold. The <laughs> gauntlet for the gold. Check it back in our archives. I mean, go back to, yeah, to doing that first fucking show for TNA where they're like, oh, it's the NWA championship and bang, here's an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't really suit. This felt much more yeah. NWA than that did. Yeah, hands down. So Marty has this line where he says, why not beat my best friend for the belt? That's what the villain does. And you're like, that's an all right. Yeah. Uh, solid opening package, if a bit kind of indie, I thought. Like, it doesn't fade out at the end or transition to anything. It just kind of cuts, it stops, and then they just kind of cut back to the ring and start talking again. Oh, but Cornet sort of prefaces by saying that, you know, we're going to be here, we're going to be seeing lots of this footage throughout the evening. Yeah, Cornet does a lot of covering. Yeah, and, and Cornet seems to go to thing was, and let's look at that now. Yeah, he <laughs> does a few of those, yeah. doesn't he? I don't know about you, but I felt that Cornette, for the first part of this show, seemed like he'd been dealing with a lot of bullshit backstage. Yeah. He looked a bit angry and a bit like, oh, for fuck's sake, and just trying to like hide that as much as possible, but it's almost impossible for him to hide it. All I could focus on was the £10 of gold, little pin badges they were all wearing on their yeah, lapels. Yeah, that was oh, a lovely love touch. That. I want one. So when we cut to the commentators and they're, they're talking there, so Rick and Bonnie, Galley and Cornette, they've all got the pin on their lapels, and it's just like, oh... It's just that little touch of class like that, that little detail can make a real difference for me, like actually caring about what's going to happen. Yeah. I anyway, want one. So we cut into the arena. We've got big banners of Marty and Aldis uh, like hung up either side of the stage. I thought that was a really nice touch as well. Six flag style. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. It's uh, Billy Corgan's contribution of money is making that possible to have these big banners yeah. printed, I feel. <laughs> you know? Big money Corgan coming <laughs> yeah. in, trying <laughs> suing TNA, getting all his money back. Good lad. The best thing Billy Corgan's done outside of music is sue TNA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. You're a Smashing Pumpkins fan, right? I am. Cool. Huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins tattoo. Just the Smashing pumpkins logo oh nice cool yeah. cool i didn't see so i was looking at the red ah. thing um but yeah I, i'm a fan yeah. kinda like not a massive fan but like i like their music so are we gonna crap on billy all this show or not <laughs> <laughs> oh despite all his rage he's still just a rat in a cage 
You can't repeat a line you said at the end of last week's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, today is the greatest. So there's a nicely sized screen showing the tournament brackets, which I really appreciate, like showing what we're actually meant to be caring about. Uh, The commentators welcome us to the show and call this the rebirth of the Crockett Cup. And I'm like, rebirth? Ooh. (laughs) Sounds disgusting. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so there's a shot of the cup on the stage with the NWA tag team belts and beautiful indie spooty pyro. Yeah. Like, just the best. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's only about a meter at all if that i i was heartbroken because that shitty little indie pyro i thought to myself wouldn't it be good of my return to scpw if i could have pyro mate and i spoke to uh you could have this pyro that's well no i cheap. can't i spoke to mr oh, wicked and no. his his uh his insurance does not cover pyro he selected the option for no so i can't have any that's probably understandable but that's all right because this <laughs> sunday 23rd of june hawkins community center i will be bringing the entrance I'm looking forward to it. I, I realised that I cleaned out my drawers the other day, and not not those drawers, but those drawers. Um, <laughs> and uh, I found a whole bunch of streamers, and I was like, <laughs> "Do you want me to take them? Just lob them all like one at a time, just me?" Yes, I'll hand them out to the little kids at ringside because nope, they may not hit reach the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, so um, yeah, so behind them, there's a bunch of guys in the ring already. Uh, behind these commentators talking and I'm like, oh, what's going on over there? And so they cut back to the ring and uh, it's it's a real mess of theming, let's be honest yeah. about it. Because you've got the bright blue canvas with the yellow NWA that you're used to seeing, but it's the most basic font. There's no production yeah. really to it. Times New Roman. It almost <laughs> yeah. was. It's more like Veranda yeah. or something. Is that what it's called? Let's Veranda? quote Let's Whatever. quote Excel fonts. Sorry, word fonts. <laughs> 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 it's all good. So the skirts are either blue with red trim and the ROH logo Ugh. or the same blue with yellow trim and the NWA one. And you're like, Oh, that's really ugly. <laughs> Does not look good. Corgan spent more than money on the drops for all this and skull and couldn't <laughs> afford the ring skirt, so RH had to lend two. I like the old... The Briscoes live in them, that's why they turn up with them. <laughs> I love the old traditional look of the blue and yellow, yeah. but then ROH having to have their little red one with their shitty logo on the side as well. Yeah, like... I could have just left it all right we're part of this nwa show we've got to get our name over yeah for sure shit yeah it's, i'm not a big ring of honor fan like i prefer the nwa stuff here to ring of honor, to be honest with don't cost the only good thing about roh mm, there's there's things i like about roh so we'll get onto villain enterprises in a bit yeah. you know but um anyway so uh black ropes so really weird the blue with the black like it just doesn't no. blend it looks terrible uh, anyway i've always thought that like as a professional wrestler if you've got black ropes, surely they're harder to see. Yeah. When you're moving fast across the ring and easier to stumble and such. I'm lucky because uh, I've I've done red, blue, and yellow ropes. Okay. And yeah, I can imagine if it's black ropes and you're <laughs> not focused, it's a bit dingy and dark. You yeah, yeah, a little bit. How did you find even the blue ones? Like, were they okay to see in the ring? Oh yeah, blue are fine. Yeah? yeah. Okay, right. Because I guess it stands out across the crowd. But yeah. like, I was thinking 90% of wrestling fans will turn up in black t shirts. You know? <laughs> it's, like, no! it's black on black on black. <laughs> You'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, every time you hit the ropes. But anyway, so um, yeah, alternating ROH, NWA, bright blue turnbuckles as well. And you're just like, oh, it's just, can we, why do Ring of Honor have to put their branding on this show? This is yeah. an NWA, it's the Crockett Cup, for fuck's sake. Why can't it just be, we've got ROH guys on an NWA show? You know, yes, yeah. it's weird that even though they promoted throughout most of the show, going, Oh, the NWA, it's all about promotions coming together. Yeah, I didn't see CMLL having skirts on the ring and no. or demanding things that would happen. But got their guys in the in the show, you know. Yeah, technically, they've got Bandido as well, who's a triple A guy, and like, I know yeah. he's an ROH guy as well. But 
Anyway, um, so first up, we've got our wild card battle royal for a spot in the Crockett Cup. Right, let's run through these names. So we've got Cam Carter and LeBron Cazone. James. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second to get that joke. Uh, Jay Bradley. I think you're very generous calling that a joke. <laughs> Josephus. Then we've got Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer, who's Bram. Bram. Who I didn't know was British. Yeah. Do you know this? Yeah. I did not know that at all. I don't think I've ever heard him talk. I mean, the last time people... I mean, he had a bit of a tough running because there was the whole domestic violence thing with Charlotte Flair, allegedly, oh. that then got dismissed, I think. And I saw that he was married to her for two years, yeah. but is that how it all... Apparently so. Again, this is just dirt sheet stuff, but there yeah. was a lot of stuff and a lot of promotions blacklisted him for a little bit when it all came out. Right, I can understand that. But, but like, I think it's it was like Rich Swan syndrome. Rich Swan, oh, he's beating his girlfriend. Hang on, Rich Swan crashed his car and helped his girlfriend out of the car. Mm, yeah, I mean, not obviously there was more to it than that, but it's this weird one. It seems the um, um, a culture of accusations being the definitive at this point. Almost yeah. like a couple of my favorite bands are not going to be around anymore because of things someone said or whatever. That, Brand new being one of them? Uh, no, don't I don't really like that band. Um, there's a band called Narwhals. Oh yeah. Them. Their drummer got accused of like touching a girl's bum and therefore they're not allowed to be around anymore. And you're like, okay. Um, the whole thing just seems totally fucked up. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But um, then you go to Crashgate and then you see why sometimes people get thrown out. <laughs> not even allegedly anymore. You sick freak. <laughs> Let's just skip over that. So uh, Team Tag, who are Billy Buck and Kevin Blue. Uh, the boys, Brandon and Brent. <laughs> I didn't know they had actual names. Yeah, there we go. The boys. So, um, what's boy the, one and boy two. What's the, what's the guy they're with? You just said his name earlier. ROH was heavyweight champion. Oh, Dalton Castle. Thank you very much. So Dalton Castle's boys, yeah. if you will. Uh, the dogs of Rhett Titus and Will Ferrara. Good to see if Rhett Titus is still working. <laughs> yeah, I've always kind of liked um, Rhett Titus. I don't think you want to call yourself anything Ferrara in the pro wrestling industry no. anymore. <laughs> like, it's what it is. And the Dawsons. Dave Dawson and Zane Dawson. Dawson Creek. And <laughs> who else made that joke on commentary? Someone did. Oh, I don't know. It's all good. <laughs> so the first team they introduced are the boys. And uh, no mistake the director that's the other dark skin team in the tournament not the boys you fucking racist piece of shit it's like yeah nwa north carolina <laughs> straight away you're like fucking hell the first thing they do i didn't know hogan was in the nwa <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious to be fair so it seems like a lot of these teams are just kind of thrown together they're nwa guys they want to get on the show yeah like, th this is the reason why roh have ring skirts because if you'd built your nwa crockett cup around these unknowns to be fair it would have been a pretty drab tournament i can see that yeah, yeah. for sure i mean this nwa thing's okay that sorry the battle royal thing's okay and they get a comedy start with Rhett Titus posing and then being eliminated by the boys uh it breaks down to roy royce isaacs and tom latimer bram uh versus um oh, sorry jay bradley and uh, josephus and the boys are our three teams left uh the boys lowbridge Br bradley and josephus uh, and Isaacs and Latimer eliminate the boys. This these names are hard to get my yeah. around. If I'm totally honest, uh, so earning a spot in the tournament. So uh, yeah, our winners are Isaacs and Latimer, aka Bram, and his kind of like how would you describe his tag partner? It's a bit f chubby Goldberg almost. Yeah, I think that's a very accurate description. All probably politer than what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most charismatic of people no. in the world. It's basically someone went to Bram and like. Oh, 
we want to get you on the show, mate. Who do you want to tag with? Our generic indie guy five. Yeah, here's my mate that's yeah. got nothing else to do and probably use a payday, you know? I like the fact that like, on commentary they did get over from the get-go. It does. Both members of the team have to be eliminated to be out. So when Rhett's out, when, when Rhett was eliminated at the beginning, it was a case of, well, you know, maybe it's tactical. Because yeah, if he yeah. wins, then, you know, he's fresh they, and putting over the importance of they've still got to wrestle three more matches if they want to win the belts. And yeah. I thought, well, that's getting the story set already. Well done. For sure. Like, this is the second Battle Royale we've reviewed in a week. And they're not fun, are they, Battle Royals, to watch? No. <laughs> like, I- I'll show you a clip later of a very fun Battle Royale including okay. involving this guy. I-, I love Rumbles. Yeah, Rumbles are much better than Battle Royals. Yeah. If you're going to do a Battle Royale, you need to organize some spots. And the finish here was really nice with oh, yeah. three tag teams all working with one spot to eliminate two at once. Well, it's not this thing I'm, I'm guessing again from your notes. It's not case you thought, I'll fuck off the other couple of tag teams in there and just leave it to the final three. No, this is until actually anything happened other than the yeah. first spot. And then until you got down to the final three teams, it was just kick, punch, struggle in the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Was there was no clever working of stuff. Yeah, no. I think it's... I think it's people going down going, oh, we're going to do an NWA show. All right, there'll be 20 people and we'll just work it and get paid, you know? Like, they're yeah. not, there's not a great deal of... Um, think of the exposure you'll get, boys. Yeah. There's not much emotional investment in this battle no, royale <laughs> at all. I said the main thing we've, you've got with Rumble is obviously you've got the prize at the end, but you can have the interweaving stories through not only your night, but also to then start new feuds and to finish off feuds. And to the luxury of having a beast or like a big show or a Mark Henry yeah. or someone come out wipe the floor with everyone even if they're not eliminating them or they're throwing them out of the ring underneath the bottom rope and that sort of shit so that you can then reset and start something dramatic you know and and always the big man sport you've got 20 people trying to throw one of the bigger boys over the top rope love that exactly do the Andre thing we like and they all back bump it's like the best thing ever (laughs) I love that moment (laughs) you know it's coming you know yeah yeah. so uh, our post match we cut to Caprice Coleman who's on the stage talking about the brackets and (laughs) immediately Ian Riccoboni covers up that he's not meant to he's meant to, he basically says something along the lines of i think he's gonna talk to the winners of the match and he doesn't because they just fuck off to the back so caprice is standing there going um i'm here doing a job yeah <laughs> at least again Cornette was like oh that's great tactics you know because they've got to go and recover and prepare because they've got three more matches to wrestle yeah it this what is caprice Coleman doing here uh well embarrassing himself later but we'll get to that as well like, he, he can kind of talk right he doesn't seem to be wrestling anymore, maybe through an injury or something. Yeah. I had a bit of a look, couldn't really find very much. Um, so I've seen him do this for Ring of Honor as well. And he just turns up on commentary for like a match or two. Yeah. And then isn't there for the rest of them. And he never contributes much. He never seems to be particularly dynamic or interesting in any way. He's just a dude who walks around with a microphone sometimes. Yeah. I'm a man with a microphone. It seems weird to me. Yeah. Anyway, so um, flip, um, flip, flip, flip. Flip Gordon. So we've got next match is Bandito and Flip Gordon versus Guerrero, Maya Jr. and Stuka Jr. But uh, Rick Bonnie covers up. The, they do um, jump to a Flip Gordon promo video beforehand. Uh, Flip has injured his knee in this building in the past, and this is his big return. Yeah, nice little story as well. Get yeah. set in the scene again if you aren't aware of, or uh, we've said before, not many people, unless you're a diehard indie fan, will really know Flip Gordon's past anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Carrying the knee injury, going it through into the match. So you've already set you plant the seed in the mind of the wrestling fan saying oh are they going to work the knee right so our opening match of the crockett cup 2009 i guess we should talk about what the tournament is we haven't really established this yet have we it is a multi-team eight team elimination 
tournament to be crowned the Crockett Cup winners and the rebranded re and reintroduced NWA Tag Team Champions. It's like the uh, knockout phase of the Champions League. Yeah. I always like referring to things as football. <laughs> well, you've got the European <laughs> so Cup at the end, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So we've got the Crockett Cup 2019 opening match of Bandido and Flip Gordon, the ROH contingent, versus Guerrero Meyer Jr. and Stucker Jr., the CML, CMLL, or CM, I can't say CMLL. That's why I always say double L, because it goes LL. feels weird to me. CMLL. Lads with the lovely masks and capes. Stucker and... Guerrero Meyer. I'd not seen these guys before, but I think I must have seen them because I've watched yeah. enough CMWL to probably. But they look as about generic luchadors as you could possibly look. They, but they bought it though. There was a, not a really good opener for a show. Again, well booked. Yeah, for fast sure. Fast paced tag match to open up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I immediately was thinking, is this faces versus faces? I thought so. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird way to start, maybe. But again, it's big positive pops, like just getting everyone interested and having a nice time, almost. You know. Yeah. Nice, nice to see Flip Gordon wearing a sombrero. Yeah. On his way out, for sure. Handshakes, though. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so Bandido and Sticker to start. Uh, they that might have been the worst lockup I've ever seen. <laughs> well, CMLL. <laughs> they do this one. <laughs> they just go into the first move like they lock up because they're meant to not because that's what they're going to be the best thing they're going to get their aggression out or whatever you know it's the new handshake it's so weird man like I think we should do handshakes like this now talk a trailer and boom <laughs> they can see him double L style you know <laughs> anyway so uh, Rick and Bonnie talks about how Stuka is the world historic lightweight champion I'm like how the fuck is that Roydy Magoo a lightweight how dare you <laughs> he looks massive he steps on his scales on a slope it's fine <laughs> he's two flip Gordons put together in one human yeah that's why it's flip flip gordon <laughs> but again nice meshings of styles between these two yeah mm. i thought this was a really good opener i, I really enjoyed I didn't, it didn't hate it like at one point jim Cornette calls the nwa tag straps replicas and i'm like oh no don't use that word you know what he's implying that they're not the original belts yeah they've had new belts made or whatever i don't know what has happened to the old belts i don't know do we have any look into that? No idea. No, okay. A bit of a shame. So uh, they're, 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 they're identical to the old MWA belts, from what yeah. I can tell. Just broke my mic stand. That's good. Good thing that did for you, Pepsi. <laughs> Other fizzy drink products are, are available. We prefer to be sponsored by Pepsi. Oh, I'd love to be sponsored by them. Fucking A. Not have to pay for Pepsi Max anymore. Sorry, while I fix this, feel free to cover. No, I think it's going to be much more better visual for people to watch your fix your mic stand. But... Um, there was a great moment in this match where I think... Oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, the great moment in, in the match where um, I think it was Stucker who went up to the top rope looking like he was going to do a splash and then just dived like salmon style to the outside. I was I like, yes, please. I love that moment. That was so good. Like, one of my favorite memories as a kid is watching Macho go to the top rope and look at the person in the ring and then turn to the outside and then deliver the, the axe handle to yeah. the outside. You're like, oh, he did it to Flair. <laughs> like, amazing. I loved it. it top, so, top work. It was a nice surprise. They got a huge pop as well. Oh, I don't yeah. think people saw it coming. Because then he just turned his back and went, way. Because <laughs> at the NWA, don't expect this level of high fly. <laughs> for sure. And Bandido <laughs> caught him as well. It's yeah. It's like, that's a big dude to catch. Well so. murder clowned. Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely nice. Got it in. Well played. So the Lucha lads do a twisty submission that I'm just like, this is the best. Where they're both holding him up and one twists one way and another twists the yeah. other way. And you're like, yes, that's really original. That's a proper rings of something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really fun. I love that. So uh, they do a double surfboard to bandido that i thought was really cool as well um both lucha lads shoulders are down um hold on my fucking notes 
Here we go. So uh, both shoulders are down. A flip slides in to pin both Lucha lads while Bandito is still in the double surfboard. And I was like, oh, that was a yeah. really clever spot as well. Uh, Stuka and Maya land big moves, do destroyer, a Mayan driver, an arm catcher, shoulder breaker thing. Yep. Uh, but Flip Gordon and Bandito continue to make the saves for each other, not kicking out. So it's all fine for me? Absolutely. Absolutely fine by this. It's when people are kicking out and Flip destroys yeah. off the second rope and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. If they're getting saved by their partner, perfectly fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah, continues the match, continues this high spot thing going on. So the finish comes when Stuka comes off the top. Bandito catches him, not a small feat, as we talked about. Uh, they luche him about off the top ropes. Flip hits. They luche him about. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make this as brief as possible so I'm not just reading like spots, you know. Uh, Flip hits a TKO sort of thing. I swear Stuka landed on Flip's face for the one, two, three. And you're like, Splatted. Uh, yeah. So he does the TKO thing, but I swear he rotates too much and flips yeah. like oh no my face <laughs> as it comes down don't want stuck a lander on your face yeah but that gets the one two three and your winners are moving to the semi-finals bandido and flip gordon of course the rh guys have got to go through because they've got ring skirts yeah i thought the cmll guys would go through just because of like prestige and such yeah. they're probably guys that don't take many pinfalls i imagine but i also think that i i wonder if you wouldn't have another diverse match i think you'd have the same match in the semis if these guys went through yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. So we get another Marty Oldest promo. As you said, there's going to be this footage the whole way through the show. It's kind of awkward interview type promo, and they talk about how they're friends. <laughs> oh, this this is the first one they made mention to British Boot Camp when TNA did it. They did mention this. I thought they could have made a lot more out of the history between the two. Yeah. Because when Marty cuts the promo post-match, like, it's so emotional how, like, Marty was the oldest, sorry, was the first guy that Marty kind of bumped into at pro yeah. wrestling training or whatever, and that's took him under his wing doing the yeah. old school way of like oh we've got to take a new boy under our wing sort of thing exactly and that's such a, a solid un- easy to understand story i felt they could have used it more and like this promo doesn't really do enough to emphasize that they talk about the tna boot camp and stuff but i think it's down to it. what footage they could have access to you could just have the two guys talking they're such good talkers both of them yeah, but the, you, you saw out all these video pictures they want to splice in pictures and footage to keep yeah. it keep it sort of as you said, indie special. Yeah, for sure. It's it's it's, it's all right. It's yeah. not terrible, but again, it, there's no fade or transition or anything. It just kind of cuts there, and you're like, <laughs> so, oh, we're back. It just feels a bit awkward, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like it's not too bad though. So um, I've just put this vignette exposes the business. But, like, <laughs> it doesn't really. I'm joking. <laughs> just doing my cornet thing. Um, wait, that's Jr. JR says that all the time, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, anyway. So, uh, next match. So, another first round match in the tournament. We've got Roy, Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer, who won the the, uh, the Battle Royal yeah. earlier, uh, versus The Walkings. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Crimson from TNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his chubby partner, Jax from TNA. <laughs> uh, was he in TNA as yeah. well? Holy shit, okay. Well, they, ta- they, they tagged together in TNA, but yeah, cri- right. Crimson could have been quite good. Uh, apart from the fact he's a shit wrestler. <laughs> he looks amazing. But he's also done the right thing of tagging with Jax and going, you think I'm shit? <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised to see Crimson kind of bumping around and then not selling afterwards. You're like, he learned, that in, he learned that in boot camp because <laughs> yeah. he was meant to be like the Hulk Hogan the Steve Austin whatever. Yeah. They pushed him like crazy in TNA for a little bit. He's going to be the next big thing. But, you know, Brock Lesnar already had that moniker. Did they so seriously like, push him like that? Yeah, in a big way. Because I only saw bits and bobs. And like, when he kind of arrived is when I kind of stopped watching. Yeah, undefeated for about a year in TNA, running for everyone. And I think that was either the time when it was either Ace and Nates or Fortune. Oh, okay. And they basically like, oh, I beat him. They hogan him. 
<laughs> I mean, they they do the battle royal and they win that, right? Yeah. So one match later, they're already having to compete. It seems a little harsh. No, that's the that's the pitfall of this wild card battle royal. <laughs> you would have thought they'd be the fourth match of the first round. Yeah, but you know, you've got to give, got to give some boy certain rest. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, I cut to the commentators, and Joe Galley is caught reading off his script format, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> like the worst thing. He's going, oh, everything's so terrible. Oh, <laughs> like, like literally, he's reading it as he's going along. He was watching it. Well, obviously, I know AEW happened afterwards, but whatever yeah. his, um, what Mares, whatever his chap is, who? They're not JR, not Excalibur. Oh, Alex Marvez, oh, I think Marvez. it is. Yeah. And so I was just sitting there blankly going. <laughs> not knowing what's happening on the show and at least JR turned around and going well we're not sure what's coming up next yeah that was a great moment yeah I really enjoyed that like just JR just not giving a fuck and going well we don't know what's happening next it's gonna be fine <laughs> but we're not looking at paperwork <laughs> for sure uh, so um, yeah so Jax Dane or as I heard it first before I looked at his name Jax Dane <laughs> this has gotta be a pun isn't it Jack Stain, definitely. <laughs> Jack <Yep>. Stain. <laughs> like, I like the fact you felt the need man. to explain that to me. Because <laughs> there's going to be some American allies who are like, why is he calling him Jack Stain? That's not funny. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> what the hell was that accent supposed to be? North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina. Clacka lacky. It's pretty good. <laughs> you don't know, I think. <laughs> so everyone in this match is basically wearing black gear. And I'm just like, fucking hell, boys. No one bought any crimson gear, for example. Yeah. Which, which unfortunately, um, back to the Battle Royal, if you're going to be in a Battle Royal, stand out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone wearing black gear, black tights, black trunks. I mean, right. you're not that, Steve Austin. Is that not the definitive of NWA in 2019? Yeah. Everyone's a bit chubby, a bit big. Does solid kind of style, WWE style wrestling, really. Yeah. And wears black trunks. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. I know the thing is tradition and all that sort of bullshit, but it, it's not fun. It's not marketable. No, it's not interesting. It's not grabbing anyone's attention. No. Especially guys like Crimson, because like, he stands and does this chop sequence where like, you watch anyone do a chop and they'll, they'll drag back, they'll throw the arm, and obviously they'll, they'll, they'll pull back at the last second yeah. so it's not like, going to kill someone. But when Crimson does it, he stands vertically in front of them and goes, <laughs> You're like that's the worst job I've ever fucking seen. What you didn't see that was E Honda style. And that was actually a hundred slaps in one. <laughs> hey, Koji's later, mate. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I honestly, I think Crimson is the worst chop I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Yeah, he doesn't seem to get the very basics of how to make stuff look good. And why can't you understand why TNA were pushing him? Oh, yeah, just it's in that time period where he's got it was abs. Lots of yeah white baby face dude with abs and tattoos yeah. like shittoos you know oh abs <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> but you've got a beard and you're bald and you've got a character you know what i mean like there's I stuff know, abs going from on there five yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so the match is fairly boring but well executed heavyweight kind of slog fest thing yeah. it's okay the crowd just don't care like jack stain <laughs> has to resort to just shouting come on in frustration to get the crowd to kind of pop and it's really the only pop of the whole match a sympathy pop yeah, it kind of was, really. Yeah. So uh, Crimson tagged back in, and even though he got beat down most of the match, it just is not selling at all. Um, shenanigans on the outside with Latimer attacking Crimson, uh, wrapping his leg around the ring post. Royce Isaac rolls up Crimson for the one, two, three after a bunch of shenanigans, and progressing to the semifinal, Isaacs and Latimer. Surprised, to be honest. Yeah, and also at this stage, I was like, oh, this might have been a mistake, this show. Because the, yeah. first, the first match, I was like, that's a good opener, and this match was a case of, 
oh, this is what I think the NWA actually is. Yeah, it was that. Like, I know we joke about how crap ROH can be, um, but they were needed. Yeah, you needed definitely. guys like Bandido and Flip. Well, as you said, if we if you basically had Battle Royal boys in this whole tournament, it would have been worse than this match. And I said, there was nothing yeah. that was fundamentally wrong in this match. It was just dull with no backstory. Other than the fact is, all oh, these boys won a battle royal. All oh, they've gone through. Yeah, and they're now in the semi-finals. Yeah. Do we know who's booking this shit? No. Corgan. I couldn't work it out. I'm going to say Corgan. Be- it can't be. Corgan can and Lagana. Do you think Billy Corgan's got the understanding of her wrestling to book this? Yeah. I know he's a fan and has been a fan for a long time. And he, he tried it, to buy TNA for fuck's sake. He booked, you know? he was, when he was in TNA, he was booking TNA. Was he? He was the reason okay. why they bought in the Grand Championship. Oh, what's that? The Grand Championship is what uh, the new IPW rules are loosely based on. Oh, oh, that whoever made... I was thinking about this the other day, actually. That's really funny you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, in that, it's really funny how TNA looked at MMA and went, oh, right, so there's all these things that are positive about this, and it's got a bigger, a bigger following now. Uh, what can we use from that to bring into our thing? Oh, judges. Okay, rounds and judges and all this sort of bullshit. Like, no, those aren't the bits you should be bringing in. Look at the other bits, you know? Yeah, Holly Holm. Uh... <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, cut back to the commentators post-match and where's Cornette disappeared to. It's like, oh, this next match might explain why he's gone. So another first round match of the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe, obviously, versus the Rock and Roll Express of Ricky Morton and Robert fucking Gibson. Yes, please. Hell yeah, definitely. As soon as I saw this, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm in for this one. That's fine. Now it's definitely an NWA show. Yeah, for sure. Last time I saw these boys, other than they were at the Hall of Fame, uh, was when they were at the uh, Matt Hardy's Broken World when they were fighting on top of a, like a forklift, a, like a lift platform. What's that? Did you never watch like the um, final deletion? I watched um, some of those videos. I watched um, the one where Matt and Jeff are kind of feuding. Ah, uh, no. Then then it got to final deletion, right. where obviously you had Shane Helms sort of digging holes with a spade and going. Ah, ha I'm sure the man with three H's will be happy we've just buried this young guy. <laughs> Did they really and go I, there? Yeah, wow, and I thought that's okay. excellent. But they had to basically Rock and Roll Express, mm. and they had like this massive lift platform, and Jeff Hardy and one of, I think it was Ricky Morton, were fighting on top of this like forty foot lift platform. Oh, amazing! Because Matt Hardy had gone. Ha ha ha! It sounds great. It was de- genuinely definitely worth a watch for a bit of a laugh. Okay, I'll have to check it out yeah, probably so at some good. point. So, um, the Briscoes obviously have their issues, or fans have issues with them, but I guess we'll kind of just skip over that a little bit here. I would like to focus more on just the, the character of the Briscoes and the pre-match promo, yeah. the little vignette they had before this, like the slightly like black and white, like the the old school like film, like brownie-ish thing. Sorry, I'm using bad terminology for it's a man fine, who does it's this. Fine. Yeah, yeah. But every time I see the Briscoes... the promo was fucking hilarious, to be fair. <laughs> every time I see the Briscoes, though... Cool. You, I just, they scare the shit out of me. Yeah, they're the sort of people you think they would beat me up even if I was in the crowd. They're the epitome of them southern redneck boys, you yeah. know, and them not being too fond of gay people or whatever. Um, it, it fits with the gimmick. Is that too bold to say? And they shouldn't do this, but like it does work. No, not for me. Yeah, I mean it's horrible. Yeah. It's not really something that should everyone should be working at pro wrestling and such. But, I mean, they, they are their gimmicks. <laughs> this is them. Well, so is Hogan. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, so the Briscoes cut this funny-ass promo. Just don't get caught. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and it is, it's great. It's really just them angry rednecks on their chicken farm shooting it blatantly on their phone or something. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's fucking brilliant. So uh, Cornette mm. gets his own entrance pre-match. Uh, the rock and roll don't look a day over 70. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cornette chats with the rock and roll before the match. Uh, Cornette talks about how the rock and roll depend on the support of the fans and get a bunch of booze. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's not 1985 anymore. Uh, so Morton won't stand still as he's talking into the mic, but Cornette follows him with the microphone everywhere he goes and even twists around and has to follow him and such. It's fucking hilarious. Consummate professional. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. This is the best way to start. I thought uh, Morton was trolling him, like ribbing him, because every time like he go to say something you would turn to the left and then jim would have to go oh fuck i was really good so uh oh here come the briscoes in early 2000s roh all black uh which i was just like oh wow i remember when you used to wear black mm. all the time this is pretty cool well they obviously got the message that everyone this card has to wear black oh <laughs> well, yeah apparently so if any card you weren't gonna wear black this is the one not to you yeah, know but Jesus. they did so uh, Jay threatens Cornette, and it's hilarious straight away because Cornette's like, oh, okay, see ya. <laughs> just gets out of the ring. Uh, Jay threatens the rock and roll, and Morton kicks Jay in the bollocks, and we're off. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Brilliant. Seeing was... the rock and roll do the rock and roll spots yeah. the first five minutes was it's just, a... oh, this is so funny. It's amazing to see that Ricky Morton's the one of the tag team who can still work. He can still go. Rob, Rob Gibson basically spent a lot of time doing this guy. Already pretty tired off that earlier onslaught. I'm just going to hang out on the end of the outside of the ring here. I thought he had some sort of major surgery relatively recently, like on one of his hips or his knee or something. It's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like, they, they both go for it as best they can in this match, especially yeah. Morton. Like, it's crazy how he can still go. That's because Morton wants one more run with that NWA strap. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug, man. How is he forward? It's made up 90% of his hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Morton does a Rana and you're like, yeah. oh, fucking hell. Right on the back of and his then, head. And then does a suicide dive to the outside. And you're like, fucking hell, mate. This is great. I love the Gibson, like, just being in case of, I will sit on this rope just to hold it open <laughs> just in case you don't make it. Absolutely. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. But then, like, there's a bit of a controversial moment here for me. They kind of wrestle about on the outside. Morton rolls back in the ring and literally gigs the fuck out of his <laughs> I was like, what's happening? He's literally opposite the hard cap going fucking hell boys it won't open it won't open just doing it over and over again I got this rusty blade <laughs> off that chicken farm <laughs> like, you, look, I swear this is a Luau Baldo, Baldo sort of level of blade yeah. job you know where people talk about him just geeking himself with like a fucking like hunting knife or something and be like look look I'm bleeding Ricky Morton took like an H HB pencil oh, Jesus Christ man like he does it in front of the hard cam like this is it bleeding? Oh, in fairness, at least someone in NWO knows how to use the, work the hard cam. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, th this is probably my highlight of the whole fucking night, to be totally honest. But yeah, oh, that blade job was so good. Um, I, I detest the idea of blading, but when you see like a guy like this doing it, like an old school boy, oh, it's fucking, he doesn't give a shit at all. Imagine going home to like his wife. <laughs> Have you done it again, Richard? <laughs> He's like, how else am I going to get heat? <laughs> gonna make making towns baby <laughs> mate the job he does when he's in these submission holds and stuff in the briscoes he's one of the best baby faces ever in existence yeah. isn't he selling is top notch still 
I mean, this oh, is the thing. It's fucking you, great. Your body may crumble, but your ability to sell doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Like the way he's reaching out towards the ropes. And you've heard Cornette describe it a million times. He's reaching out for the fans to pull him back in. Yeah, he's exactly. Like, but a lot of the NWA fans are pretty new to it. It's a case of, why is he praying? <laughs> <laughs> well, these are mostly ROH fans, it feels like. Uh, they won't understand praying. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys that seem NWA faithful like in the front row. Yeah. They've got all the old school NWA t-shirts and such. Plants. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but... Honestly, I think Ricky Morton might be better than 90% of tag teams out there at the moment. Yes, definitely. You know, in terms of selling and working yeah. the story and such, the way they, they low blow them at the beginning so they know they can get that advantage. Yeah. And then he does the crazy blade job after doing a runner and a fucking suicide dive and then sells the next five minutes just with the Briscoes beat the shit out of him. Man, double my age, I can't do a runner. Man, it's fucking beautiful. He's so good. Anyway, so um, this match has uh, it's gone on a bit too long at times. Yeah. To be totally honest, like it's it's two old boys versus the fucking Briscoes, you know, who are known to work soft and gentle. Yeah, exactly. But you know as well, like the Rock and Roll were, the Express wouldn't have turned around and gone. Take it easy on us, boys. They're like, uh, nah. if you don't go a hundred percent, and obviously the Briscoe are like, all right, old timer. Yeah, <laughs> I will smash the shit out of yeah. you. Briscoe um, J delivers a lariat at one point during this match to Morton. Fucking like, heads him. Ooh, <laughs> that looked like it hurt. <laughs> it's great though. So uh, kind of this beautiful old school finish here where the ref misses the tag. Uh, yeah. And then the face team get pissed off, break the rules and get in the hot tag eventually where Robert Gibson has to drag him across. <laughs> he tossed him across. <laughs> fucking lovely little moment. Uh, rocket launcher to Mark. You're like, yeah, they did the rocket launcher off the top, which is just an assisted yeah. dive down onto Which to Mark. be fair again was the case of he was sitting there going, he's stuck. Yeah. He's not going to do it. I'm just going to have to launch him. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there was a moment where Mark Briscoe went, so uh, I think you can still do that. <laughs> I'd quite like to take it, please. Yeah. It might make my life, you know. Uh, you've got to think for the Briscoes, being kind of like Southern lads yeah. or whatever, having the rock and roll do these things to you, must they be actually pissing tick, themselves tick, tick, and tick, laughter tick. inside? Yeah, you know? absolutely great stuff. Like hitting Doug Williams over the head with a bomb bag, eh? I mean, you can only dream of such things. Oh, <laughs> hang on, I did it. <laughs> So uh, one, two, and Jay breaks up the pin for, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I would love to see the rock and roll beat the Briscoes. That would be hilarious. So uh, the Briscoes don't do their usual deadly finishes. They give him a Death Valley driver and the Froggy Bow for the one, two, three, and winners and progression to the semifinals, the Briscoes. Love the Froggy Bow. Yeah. It's such sure. a beautiful move. Yeah, it's not really a finish in the modern era, is it? But Yeah, it is. It looks great. Novice Pilpa's elbow. I mean, it gets oldest later. But anyway, he does an elbow drop off the top like Macho after doing a tombstone and Mike kicks out and you're like, we saw someone finish with a frog elbow earlier. What's this? Anyway, so uh, the Rock and Roll get a beautiful reception from the crowd post-match. I think they yeah. realise how good they are still. They yeah, can still definitely. work. You know, crazy. At least and, Morton is. And hopefully their paydays are still good. Yeah, you'd like to think that being the old school boys, they got paid half decent for this. Yeah, fingers How was he going to pay for his crack that week? <laughs> Robert Gibson doesn't look like he's uh, a, as you said, he's not in a good way, old Bobby Gibson. But if, if nah. he's just had a, if he's just had a procedure, then you know it's understandable that he's not moving around great. I don't know how recent it was, but I remember he had something major, probably relatively. like early nineties, yeah, maybe man. Like you know, <laughs> these guys have been around for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, another first round match: Satoshi Kojima and Yuji fucking Nagata walk out. And I'm like, Justin, my two of my favorite wrestlers of all time just fucking appear versus villain enterprises of Brody King and PCO. And I'm like, holy shit, this is like PCO, Pierre Carlo Lay, and Satoshi Kojima. I'm like, yes, please, those two, those two. It's probably the first time that Brody King's gone again. 
Am I normal? <laughs> <laughs> Look in the ring with these fucking freaks. Yeah. You're like, oh my lord. Uh, I, I was so happy I didn't check the card before doing this because when like Kojima and Brew Justice walk out, I'm like, oh god, who are they wrestling? And then PCO walks out. I'm like, fuck yeah. And Brody King's there too. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's so, all right. He's, he's a man who's making the best out of an opportunity. Because well, he won't be signed by any of the bigger promotions. Well, Brody King. Yeah. You think? I think so. Interesting. What's your theory behind this? He's chubbier than Alistair Black and not as good. Okay. So they're of the same build and the sort of same dark-ish character. Yeah. Um, He'll be a good bodyguard hand in the low leagues of Ring of Honor, but I can't see WWE ever touching him because they've already got nine, ten characters like him. And I know we said last week we've got Seth Rollins, Mustafa Ali... Mansour all look the same as each other so you've got the conveyor belt of replacement so you know fake razor fake diesel yeah yeah but yeah Brody King as you said is a good independent worker but he's even when we saw we did like um AWW yeah AWW AWW yeah AAW sorry even then when he was sort of in the main event I was like yeah I wasn't a fan there I'm he's he's more over with me now after watching this tournament um I you can see who he's trying to channel. Yeah. The first name. Brody. Yeah. Um, he's not as wild enough. No. He seems... Um, oh. He hasn't quite got the ability to tell stories. And as, as you were saying, who he's trying to channel. Okay, brilliant. Well, as soon as they finally release Luke Harper, then again, he's down another knock on the indies. Because Luke Harper is better. He's... This this guy, Brody King's like a budget Luke Harper. Yeah. You know? I love Luke Harper. But let's face it. He would never... He never got the push because they've got Strowman. Yeah. And the thing is, if, when he goes back in the Indies, it'd be Brody Lee. Yeah. So King will just be called King. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't think, I think you could have both guys in one tag if you had to. Yeah. But Brody Lee's so fucking good. Yeah. And Luke that, Harper, whatever. And as you said, you know, you're one of the younger, more popular independent wrestlers, and you're being overshadowed by Kojima, Nagata, and Captain One Eye. <laughs> yeah. He tries his best to keep up and be a significant thing, and but that's he the, has his moments. That's a key thing. I know we're going to briefly go for his spots. He yeah. d- he did his best to keep up with three wrestlers who are over fifty. But you can't you can't overshadow any of these guys. No, but because it seems rude, you know, it's it's like the un- not the done thing almost. No, but the you know, I just, yeah, it's. Okay. A lot of work for me. So uh, there's a bit of a test screen that pops up during this match. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. You know, like the yeah. coloured bars that go across the screen. It's like, come on, we've got to be better than that, haven't we? <laughs> like doing this. Well, it's NWA. It's, it's back <laughs> to the 80s. That's what you'd expect. We were about to go to a commercial break. I mean, yeah, it's what it is. So Nagata lifts up his shirt to uh, put his face in front of his face. I love saying it. <laughs> Nagata gets Brody into the seated armbar. PCO breaks it up. Uh, malfunction at the junction for Villain Enterprises. Uh, Kojima machine gun chops. And I, I've never heard him before because I've always heard him in like, he's always done this in giant arenas where I've seen him do it. But he's going, as he's doing the machine guns in the corner. Like, man, I love Kojima so much. He's fucking mental. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so he does his like, and not a single person joins in. And my, I'm just sad face immediately. I was like, oh, no one joined in with my favorite wrestler. Uh, can you imagine though the general reaction if, uh, again, NWI trying to be a bit of a more of a modern image? Can you imagine the uh, NWI old boys trying to replicate that at ringside without <laughs> yeah. being seen as massively racist? Well, yeah, fair 
enough. I get that. So, um, uh, bloody Neanderthals. Anyway, so uh, Koji Cutter by Kojima, Mishinoku by PCO. But this isn't the finish. <laughs> like, what? Uh, so, crowd are not really into it by the end of the match. It's a bit of a shame. I think yeah. they're, they're just, they don't really understand what they're seeing almost. Like, what's all this stuff they're doing? Yeah. <laughs> why are they not standing and punching each other? Why, why is that Quebecer here? <laughs> It feels like I don't think they understand the PCO gimmick at all. No, I struggle with it sometimes, but I love PCO. He's fucking mental. So, um, so until Kojima drops Brody right on his fucking noggin with the brainbuster, and the whole arena pops, and you're like, "Oh, he killed him!" <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, Kojima's brainbusters just look fucking awesome every Big, time." Big strong boys, old Kojima, to get Brody King up for that for sure, man. So we get a massive lariat by Brody. Brody picks up, uh, who have I put? Jokey. That's not what I mean. I've written the wrong thing. Anyway, does a fireman's carry into a Mishinoku driver for the one, two, three, and Kojima gets pinned clean by Brody King. But it was to a Mishinoku driver, so it's fine. Yeah, because it's always three. Mishinoku as yeah, well. Like, really yeah, nicely done for sure. Like I don't think Kojima should be taking this pinfall, but that's that's me in Japan. And I guess he understands that he needs to get back now, which is nice to yeah. see because so many of these old boys in Japan don't. Nagata uh, never really has, and that's because Nagata's been of a case of I've got to be consistent. Yeah. Everyone knows I don't give back. Even though he's basically retired now. No, Eugene Nagata's case of, again, I've got another run in me, so I'm not going <laughs> to on my stock. I know he wasn't included in the G1, neither's Kojima, neither's Minoru Suzuki for the first mm. time. I was surprised to see Minoru Suzuki wasn't there until I looked at the rest of the people in the G1, specifically that A block, and went, oh, he's not taking a pinfall to any of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they all have to beat him. And so can you imagine like Suzuki going, every night without a win like, that it's, wouldn't just, work. it's not gonna happen no. is it no, for sure anyway so um yeah the roh nw new japan slash aw thing going on how do you feel about all this because roh have really got the priority right now which is why kojima and um, nagata yeah. are there i think that it's nice that new japan as as always will honor their agreements yeah. i think it's fine i think that Again, from an AEW standpoint, having Moxley purely as a US territory and he can wrestle outside of the US for New Japan works for all parties, same as Jericho. That's very interesting. I only discovered that like a day or two ago. Yeah. Jericho and Moxley can't wrestle for New Japan in America. Which makes sense. You've got a, you've got yeah. I mean, you've got a TV deal, you've got an exclusive property. And yeah, it's great that they're letting uh, Moxley take part in the G1, but you guarantee that as soon as they get weekly TV, he's not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it, and the, the, it feels like the weekly TV is going to overlap the end of the G1. So there's going to have to be some negotiation there for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just a matter of flying in back and forth, which I think that both companies can kind of afford to do. And let's yeah. face it, Tony Khan's going to fit the bill for that. They have a charter jet now, so it's like they can just send it across to Japan to just go bring him back for the day. You know, yeah. um, don't so- fly over Ukraine. <laughs> Where did that come from? From the news earlier. Oh, that I know. There's been history history of like things coming down over Russia and Ukraine. The Malaysian plane, uh, the Dutch have issued uh, European arrest warrants because four people apparently shot down the plane. What over Ukraine? Uh, over Ukraine, the the one that was going from um, KL wow. to um, Amsterdam. Because that that was always a rumor, but never official. Is that just yeah. come out? I never didn't yeah. see this at all. This is breaking news for me. Anyway, oh, there you go. What what? This is where you get an informative like <laughs> newswire. <laughs> I wonder who's been booted out of the conservative election next. Maybe we'll look at that because it's potentially sometimes a little bit more interesting than the NWA show. God, if Boris becomes PM, what a what a country we will live in. Battle of the red buttons. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me oh. anyway so back to the commentators Rick Abboni sends us to Caprice Coleman to potentially speak with the winners of the past match and 
<laughs> nice They've up. already fucked up again. <laughs> like, what is Coleman doing here? This is just terrible, isn't it? It's ideal. It's exactly what's needed. It's just a ribbon announcer. Because like, that's what they're there for. <laughs> he ends up kind of pointing at the brackets and going, oh, look, there's these people. Like, we've got eyes, dum-dum. We can see the fucking brackets. They're on the, literally opposite the hard cam the whole way through the show. But more importantly, they would make like... Did you realise we managed to get a fucking um, version of publisher to make these brackets? <laughs> so, you know, look at them. It's okay just for us to find this and this old, like, Macintosh. So next up, we've got the NWA World's Women's Title Match of Alison Kay versus Santana Garrett. Um, I didn't really know Alison Kay at all. I knew Santana oh, yeah. from TNA a little bit. Alison Kay, who was Sienna, which you noticed that um, uh, Medusa accidentally called her Sienna during the uh, original promo. Ah, okay. Those name, that name rings a bell. Yeah. What company? TNA. Oh, both TNA girls yeah. then. Okay. Santana Garrett, has she just been a TNA person? I'm assuming she did some indies and stuff. I think she's she done indies. Uh, she didn't really do much in TNA. I thought she was fair. in the PC for a little bit. Possibly. I think she might have been my Young Classic. Oh, maybe. Yeah, That's for me. sure. But Alison hmm. Kay, she's top draw. Okay, cool. And I think it's a shame that Jazz vacated because I think I would have enjoyed seeing Jazz and Alison Kay I was gonna ask, beat is the tire of each other. WF Jazz? Yeah. Oh, cool. I so didn't she know she was still around. She was their champion, uh, right. but injured, so relinquished the belt. Okay, good stuff. So, yeah, it's a vacated title. Uh, Jazz was the champ but got injured, as you say. And it's Alondra Medusa. <laughs> I will always think of her as Made in the place. USA. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She puts that over as well. Uh, so she has the strap. I immediately questioned whether she was drunk or not. She just came out being a bit wobbly, a bit sloppy with her speech and such. Like, I mean, that's Medusa. I think it's just taking bumps, you know, yeah. like it just does it to you eventually. So anyway, uh, she has her phone out and is reading off her notes. I'm like, what an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I give no fucks. Uh, so for those listening, <laughs> no, I <just> Medusa. <laughs> obviously have my phone out and I'm reading notes, hence the joke. Because that didn't come across unless you're watching it. Very true. Uh, you know, there's nothing funnier than explaining a joke tax. I don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Medusa then talks and I timed this for nearly four minutes before the match they're like get on with it I think what you're actually supposed to say is get yourself over kid man this is not entertaining no she's I understand why Medusa is there yeah. but it should be just a case of Medusa is here to introduce the competitors or Medusa is here to present the belt at the end of the match. Was she even an NWA person? I don't remember her being an NWA. She was in WCW for a bit, obviously, with yeah. the trashing the title. She even references that at one well, point. I wonder if she was NWA before w- before her Alundra Blaze run. She was on that AWA show we did. Yes, so I wonder if there's the Crockett link there. Could be, actually. yeah, for sure. Okay, so that kind of makes sense, I guess. Well, she didn't mention it in her promo. Why would she? Don't get over the other company. <laughs> well, yeah. I've, I've, I've never left The Rock. So I know Kay is a heel because she does a snarl during her entrance. And I'm like, why don't other people understand how important this is? Yeah. Because that is, the, 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 within seconds, I know exactly what her character is. I know what I meant to think about her. I like, I get it. Oh, she does go. Yeah, strangely, the camera strangely like, hot. Yeah. I mean, what? Mm. Not for me, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she, she has two-tone kind of faux goth shit going on. Like, she looks kind of like an established character. But, Did you see yeah. what she recently had? And like the NWA shared it on her Twitter. She was offered like a PC deal right and she basically went i turned it down because i want to be able to say fuck on twitter it's <laughs> <laughs> my kind of girl i like that <laughs> so santana is a very happy go lucky positive face sort of character oh, kylie ray bailey yeah and kylie bay literally the names i have written down <laughs> well played so um the bailey match ray is... even sorry <laughs> that works yeah so the match is very similar to the men's nwa contributions so far it's kind of 
a bit hokey, a bit super safe, yeah. but like strong style, sort of like, you know, traditional wrestling style. I get it, you know, yeah. it's fine. As I said, I think this match went in better with Jazz. Yeah, for and sure. That's okay, the, the styles of the mesh better, I think. Yeah, it's, it's not a terrible match by any means. But no, it's, 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 a, not... it's a good women's title for a tiny toy belt. Yeah, yeah. Because that belt's dirt. The crowd are kind of dead for it. That's because, you know, women's wrestling, even though Cornet on commentary trying to put over, <laughs> like the women used to sell out 25,000 arenas in the 30s and then. Yeah. A nice bit of history. I, I liked it. I liked him trying to get over the importance of the women's the women's element of NWA. Yeah. Cornette is superb whenever he's talking NWA or wrestling history. Whenever he's having to do any sort of modern contribution whatsoever, he seems completely fucking lost. Whenever Ricky Bonnie mentions like MMA or something of modern kind of professional wrestling sports jim Cornette's like oh yeah did you know a guy in the 60s invented the cartwheel escape from that and they use it in mma now and i'm like no jim no jim they do not please go back to what you know the, the good one this is where i picked up one of my first really spot on cornettisms when um allison k was chopping um garrett in the corner and i was like well there's not as much space to hit those chops you've got to be really accurate yeah, and I was like, and then they then they reverse it and basically, <laughs> so he's like, like bashing Alison Kay's tits, and he was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the only time the crowd really react is when the wrestlers interact directly with yeah. them, and it's like just do some more of that then. You know, yeah. if that's what the crowd want and that's what you can sniff out that they kind of want you to do, then do more of it. Yeah. You know, um, like I think this is where guys like Daniel Bryan. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples, but Daniel Bryan's just the best. That in front of any sort of crowd, he seems to get him. Joe McGuinness, what a crowd needs. Yeah, McGuinness was you know? top at that, wasn't he? Yeah, he really fucking good. I once saw him on his um, on his actual retirement tour, uh, wrestled for IPW, uh, and he just did twelve rounds. <laughs> no, he did everything that needed to be done for that particular audience. They came out doing the strong style stuff, and no one was really reacting because they'd seen it like yeah. four or five matches already. And then they brought it out. I was just like, I just slowed it down, put it into submissions, started doing silly world of sports spots and yeah. stuff. And you're like, oh, and then the crowd start popping. <laughs> like, he's just the best. And I've seen Dragon do that so many times, you know. Anyway, yeah. so uh, the match comes with a spinny lariat by Kay called the Big D, as Rick and Bonnie calls it, for the one, two, three, and your new NWA Women's Champion, Alison Kay. Um, nothing to write home about, but uh, Garrett goes for the handshake, but Kay refuses it because she's a heel. And I'm like, fucking brilliant. Yep, yep. snatching the belt from Medusa. No interview, no nothing. Perfect. How it should be. Yeah, for sure. And then went and said fuck on Twitter, so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the match itself is... I'm not desperate to see these girls wrestle again, to be totally honest. No, I, I don't know how much notice they had right, for Jazz okay. like, relinquishing the belt, etc. Okay. But I'm surprised they didn't do like... Um, Oh, what do you call it? Well, it's not the actual belt. It's like interim a, title. Yeah, like an interim sort of thing. I don't know how long Jazz is out for. I'm considering not to be too ageist, but I don't yeah. know if, if she's near nearing the... Because I think Jazz is about 46 now. Yeah. And obviously wrestling for about 20, 25 years now. She's Jazz, own, probably, yeah. I'm trying to think when I first saw her. It was probably back in ECW, pre-WWE stuff. Yeah. WF. Yeah. So we get another Marty Aldis promo. Uh, it's kind of the same video they played earlier, pretty much. Yeah, but they found the, re the replay button, pretty much, for I this. I feel like they, this was yeah. the first video they played, but whatever, it's all good. So Caprice Coleman's back, and they're like, what exciting stuff has he got today? <laughs> He's actually got the Midnight Express this time. And he says this line of all three for the first time in 30 years. And post this, Cornette on commentary's like... That isn't the first time they've been together in 30 <laughs> years. They see each other fairly regularly. But it's the first time we've all been together in in North Carolina, in this town. 
That's it, Jim. You save it. Great. You save it. It's so funny. Because he knows there's going to be a fan like him sitting at home yeah. being like, that's a fucking lie. Yeah, whatever. I've seen him. Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, in this promo, they say how much they love the fans. Dennis Condry, Condry has this thing where he's just come out, he's just got over throat cancer. Yeah. And so he talks about how he's got no voice box and no vocal cords but can still talk. And how do you explain that? And you're like, it's quite a touching moment. Yeah. Well played. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it's That's again, you know, fantastic. And, and to be fair, on a great lineage of Express, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, yeah. Hello WWE, The Orient Express. <laughs> but, um, Oh man, the midnight was so fucking good, and it's nice to see them all relatively, yeah, okay. And you know? again, I said a great heart, heart, you know, touching story. Yeah, from you know, you've recovered from something really, really serious, and the fans appreciated yeah. that. I love how Bobby still can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, happy to see the fans. <laughs> that's it and you're like that's fucking great. I got paid before you came in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Uh, yeah, then Jim corrects him, and it's it's yeah. really funny. So the Crockett Cup semi-final first match of Bandido and Flip Gordon versus Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer, who the guys that won the Battle Royal earlier. So Bram Latimer. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of pitched as a power versus speed match, and uh, Flip seems to be telling this story. Bandido is a- <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. No, no, I'm just saying it's a case of I think Bandido just basically went into business for himself at this stage. It's it's typical lucha stuff in that yeah. he doesn't seem to give a fuck about the story in any way. No. Shape. He's just there to do spots. That's <laughs> all he cares about, get his gimmick over a little bit. I think Flip it's Gordon fine. was getting frustrated nearer the end. And again, they they could potentially tease that into the future storyline because they, they tease in the opening match that it's going to be Flip and Bandido later on oh, okay. in a, a different show. So they, they, they might have been pitching something for that. So there might have been some method behind it. I might be giving them more credit yeah. Then it's really necessary. I, I almost threw up in this match because they both flossed in the ring, and I'm like, oh, that just ruined this match. Like, I was quite enjoying it up until that point. <laughs> fucking dickheads. Anyway, so Isaac and Latimer out on the floor. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. I can't. I'm, I physically can't. <laughs> <laughs> Medusa is still here and stands up to whisper advice to Isaacs and Latimer at ringside. And you're like, ooh, we're telling a story. And then she just walks to the back. She actually whispered to Latimer. She goes to. No, sorry, I'm not. I'm not Sunny. <laughs> and then he put his money away. Oh no! To bail her out of prison. <laughs> she's still alive, right, Sunny? Yeah, probably she's in prison for okay, like the okay. seventy millionth DUI. That's fine. That's fine. So uh, Isaac uh, wriggles into place for a four fifty by flip. Uh, flip then suddenly sells his knee that we kind of have referenced Ooh, earlier. Danger. Ooh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> so uh, Isaac's. Um, kicks out of the pinfall off the 450 as well i was just like hmm. well you know 450 it's nothing these days 630 is all the way now isn't it well that's the thing in it? it's got more impact you do more spins yeah exactly cheers Logic. amazing red oh <laughs> sorry ricochet i said i don't think red ever did a 630 did he probably i don't think he did he does lots of cool invented stuff but i don't think he's ever that spinny ever that spinny <laughs> whatever so oh, uh, quickly on, on red i know he's retired but have you noticed um much respect by the way him and osprey teasing bits online last no, uh, last week okay if, if osprey hasn't wrestled red then i yeah. think they'd both like that to happen at some yeah point. i've retired oh hang on we lost oh what's osprey's promotion in the uk uh frontline frontline yeah could be a nice headliner yeah i think it'll be in japan uh yeah that could be cool well because he's moved there now isn't he uh, apparently osprey has moved to japan yeah. or is moving yeah. to japan um i also think it's because what's his other half 
B Priestley. B Priestley's got a nice run in stardom going. I think yeah. she just won a belt as well. Yes, because that was where they couldn't, she couldn't wrestle Tony Storm because the AWWE right. thing. Okay, cool. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, uh, all the best to them. Hopefully yeah. that match happens at some point as well. Yeah, I'd, like, really I'd cool. like to see Red win. Osprey in the G1 this year as well. Yeah. That's a big statement. He's a junior guy. Junior guys don't do the G1. They're building, they're building him to be the next top non-Japanese star, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, we should talk about it in a way, but that A block? Like Tanahashi, Kota, Okada, Kenta, Osprey, and you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> that's five dudes that could legitimately win with no bother. I know we said about Kenta and the romance going back to Noah to try and build it back up, but he really has made the right choice. Fucking a man, I wish Puck had made the same choice. Imagine oh, Puck in there as well. He doesn't need it. He's got he's he's he's, <laughs> he's got Dragon Gate yeah. and his belt, and basically being able to go onto the Indians and go, I ain't losing for shit. Oh yeah, for sure. This is just pure selfishness on my part. I yeah. want to see Okada and Puck. I want to see Osprey and Puck. I want to see Kenta and Puck. You know, yeah. these matches would just be fucking incredible. But you know, let's not be too greedy, I guess. <laughs> anyway, back to the NWA. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Latimer now goes after Flip's knee, obviously. Shenanigans with uh, Latimer pulling Bandido off the apron to stop uh, Flip tagging out. Uh, Latimer rolls up Flip, grabs the tights for the one, two, three, and in the most traditional NWA heel way I've ever seen in my life, progressing to the final are Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer. Oh, the unlikely finalists. Yeah, and I was like, all this just to get them a win in the final. (laughs) That's what it felt like, at least, you know. Well, we need to create stars because we don't have our deal with Ring of Honor. <laughs> I was going to assume the NWA guys were going over, but we'll, but we'll see. Again, fantastic, uh, fantastic. I said classic heel finish. I have yeah. no issue with the finish. Work the injured knee, cheat to win. Perfect heel. Yeah, Bandido didn't get the story, but everyone else seemed to. Yeah. And that end bit, and luckily he wasn't really involved in the finish. All he had to do was pull someone off the apron, or get pulled off the apron, sorry, and that was it. And also fair play to Bandido, basically doing this, going, hang on, WWE, you've offered me this. I've been offered three times more in Ring of Honor. What? Ring of Honor three times more than that? Oh, that's okay. We'll respond to that by signing Mike Bennett and Maria Canales to five years deals. That'll stop them going anywhere. Yeah. And Mike Canales and <laughs> Mike Bennett will be doing this. You want to pay us some money to sit at home for five years and look after our little baby? Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. McMahon. 205 now, right? Yeah. I, I like Mike Bennett. I don't hear him. I never uh, liked him in Ring of Honor, but he's not meant to be liked in Ring of Honor, so that's fine. And I love Maria Canellis. Absolutely. So the other semi-final match got the Briscoes of Jay and Mark versus Villain Enterprise of Brody King and PCO. It damn boys and them costume change boys, <laughs> such divas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always, always the accusations of their diva behaviour. Yeah, got the urban camo on this time yeah. rather than the all black or whatever. Uh, the test screen makes another appearance at this point. Yeah. I'm like, for fuck's sake, lads, sort your shit out. Anyway, so the comment is uh, they all uh, want to have their comment and like, I really start to notice it at this point they just never let this match breathe they were just kind of like oh, rah, 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 rah. just everyone wants to have their little input all the time yeah it was clusterfuck it's like three play by play guys it's not great yeah yeah Joe Galley and Rian Riccoboni do not work at all Cornette's really the shining light here which I'm surprised based on I'm again I'm, I've not I've obviously worked well not worked with, I'm familiar with the work of Riccoboni but yeah, Cornette standing out above him. I was like, oh, that's a pleasant surprise, but only in this it's, match. It's because Joe Galley and Riccoboni are trying to do the same thing at the same time. Yeah. And it just it just feels awkward when they cut to them and Riccoboni's going, I think I'm meant to be talking now, you know? It's like there's real weird moments during this show. Yeah, and if you're the assigned play-by-play guy for NWA, having the guy from Ring of Honor come in and basically do your job for you on your yeah. big show, 
Yeah, you can't understand why it's probably a bit knocked. Yeah, I imagine this wasn't by request. Yeah. I think Ring of Honor wanted their guy there. And again, it's like, why? You yeah, don't you... need to have to fucking put your shit over everyone else's, you know? Yeah, take the talent, let them have the ring skirt, but have your voice. Yeah. yeah. Even just like your logo on the like the, the Crockett Cup thing would be enough, I think. Yeah, you know? I think so. Anyway, so uh, Mark Briscoe with the spinny tornado off the top to the outside to Brody. And I'm like, fucking hell, that was awesome. It's only a semi-final as well, so save some for the final. Yeah, lads. for sure. But 20 seconds later, Brody is up in the apron, fresh as a daisy. And I'm like, ah, oh, you don't get it. Like he has a great looking character. Which he, is the problem for me with yeah. Brody King. He doesn't understand it. Yeah, he doesn't get selling. And he's being Brody. Why would he sell? You know what I mean? But you're not fucking Brody. No, and also you've just taken a massive move on the outside. Yeah. Come up after 27 seconds. Yeah. Just don't be on the apron ready to take a tag like, yeah. straight away. Or you know? be there, curled up. Curled yeah. up against the ropes. Yeah. Hold your neck or hold anything to make it look yeah. like you're suffering. You're up. You're a big man. Yeah. You've been phased by it. But don't be like fresh as a daisy even just like pour some water over your face so you look like you're caring and sweating a little bit it just looks so fresh it's so weird it's just like a bloke from the beach for sure so uh, Brody chops PCO to hype him up (laughs) like what is this this is crazy it's kind of funny you know that he's meant to be this undead kind of character that needs to get hyped up by being beating the shit out of him but yeah I didn't like it not a fan no I'm not really a fan of that stuff they no. do either anyway so jake briscoe with the cactus jack da, 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 neck break and i'm like oh i pop every time because like i don't think anyone else has really noticed he does that yeah it's really cool tasty move you're like oh i just look oh, fucking great so um then there's this moment oh. pco up top as Brody lays mark briscoe across the hardest part of the ring PCO goes to do a senton from the top rope onto the hardest part of the ring where Mark Briscoe is, but Briscoe moves. So PCO lands spine first across the edge, which is the hardest part of the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. Fuck. Just fuck. I think it, I think PCO's managed to like Lemmy himself, where he's got the suitable level of equilibrium of drugs and alcohol that he doesn't actually feel anything or and his body recovers straight away. It's insane. bonkers. This looks. This is life-ending stuff. Yeah. Like it's fucking crazy. Anyway, um, so these lads in this match in general have no comprehension of what the word selling is. You know, like all four lads just are not selling fucking anything. Well, really. PCO's dead, so you know he doesn't need to sell anything. Yeah, but like Briscoe's and Brody King should be doing some sort. Yeah, of Yeah, Brody Brody King just doesn't sell for sure. Um, let's just skip over a little bit. So there's a body slam on the concrete. Uh, all these big power moves. No one's selling anything. All for, this is a quite a cool moment. It breaks down to all four dudes on the outside, all with chairs in their hands. And they're all like hitting the ring post, hitting the ring skirt and stuff like this. And it's quite an audible kind of yeah. visual entertaining kind of moment. Like They're really building a lot of tension. Uh, and then there's the finish. So the ref goes, all four guys in the ring. Ref goes to stop Mark Briscoe from swinging the chair. Jay swings the chair at Brody and misses. PCO cracks Jay with his chair the ref then just lets Mark, lets Mark Briscoe kind of wander off, which I was like, hang on, you were doing something a second ago, but whatever. Uh, and chair in hand, Mark Briscoe strolls in front of the ref, smacks Brody in the back of the chair, ding, ding, ding. The ref disqualifies the Briscoes due to the chair shot we just saw. PCO's a ghost, so no one saw him. Weird. Shit, shit finish, clusterfuck finish. Yeah. Just to keep the Briscoes looking strong, but they probably like, no, we, no. Worst finish of the night. 
in the semi-final. And I know Cornet again on Cornet's case of the referee's going to disqualify. He's needs. He's going to need to get control. It's not worth it for this. And, yeah. that, and even at that stage, you're like, okay, so it's going to be a DQ. Yeah. It's disappointing, really, wasn't it? Yeah. The match was the more wild brawl of the match. There's some crazy spots. The highlight, as you said, of the out, was the outside of the ring with the chairs building up the hype yeah. before the... PCO killing himself. As yeah. Well. <laughs> well, I, don't, I never liked that on the hardest part of the hardest part, the hardest part of the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, it looks incredibly painful. There's a t-shirt. The hardest part of the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> I like it. So post-disqualification announcement, uh, the Briscoes attacked the ref just they beat the fuck out of him. That's going to be a fine. <laughs> and then PCO and Brody as well. They beat him down. Jay Driller to the ref who dropped him horizontal nice guy jay yeah. like nice one it's nice and safe uh considering it's a jay drill you're like yeah. fucking hell you're gonna murder someone like tiger driver 98 so yeah. 90 something i don't know whatever one of the crazy tiger pile driver things yeah. oh, horrible so mark briscoe does the same senton spot to the hardest part of the ring but lands on pco this time <laughs> that's like, how you oh, do it God. old man but pco's arm is wrapped up in a chair like so the whole idea is that they broke and snapped his arm or whatever yeah. And that's the gimmick that leads into the next bit. Uh, there is a great moment where Jay Briscoe grabs the mic post-match and starts to cut a promo. And the mic's obviously on full volume and he can start screaming into it. The whole front row go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're awake, time. we're awake. Uh, it was pretty funny. All right, so the, the finals of the Crockett Cup tournament are set up of Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer versus Villain Enterprises of Brody King and PCO. 50% of this uh, final is what I predicted. <laughs> Uh, what did you think was going to happen? I thought it was going to be... I thought how... It, well, again, I didn't look at the bracket when I saw the teams down there. I thought they'd probably either go Flippin' Bandido or Villain Enterprises versus Briscoe in the final. I thought, because it was the NWA show, that it would be NWA against NWA yeah. in the final for some reason. I thought there'd be something. I, I assumed uh, Isaacs and Latimer would be the winners because of the way they booked them, yeah. winning the tournament and everything else. There's so much to talk about, obviously. But uh, we'll get there. We've still got quite a bit to get through. Um, so the NWA national title match next of Willie Mack, our current champion, versus Colt Cabana. And I was genuinely surprised to see this on the show. Really happy to see them because these are two of my favorite guys. Yeah, great, great workers. Best match of the night. It's Willie Mack, especially, seems to be so grotesquely underrated. He's getting a lot more because he did his stuff in Lucha Underground. Yeah. He was making really big waves in Is TNA. that where he was? Okay. Yeah. Right. I feel like he could be doing more. Well, that's the thing. I think I think he, I said he's got this NWA strap was important to him. The TNA stuff was important to him. Lucha Underground. He was. I think a lot of it was potentially tied into these Lucha contracts where okay. people are starting to be able to get their releases from. Yeah, there's court cases that have come out with Joe Ryan and a few yeah. others and stuff. Yeah, where they're starting to finally get out of these lifetime contracts, but which is obviously bullshit. He's great. Yeah, Willie Mac is top draw and Just, oh, stay away. Cool. Stay away from WWE for now. Because yeah, he I could be a there. huge star. Yeah, in, with with the marketing engine behind him, I think he's primed for AEW, isn't he? But then, then we're going to get the situation where we've got too many people in AEW. But he he can sell, he can no, work. No, you know? he can sell, he can work. But there's already it's already quite a top heavy roster for their big guns, and I think he'd get lost in the mix to start with. Yeah, I think give it a couple of years or give it uh, a decent marketing drive to get your rep up mm-hmm. because it's been a long time. And I know obviously Kofi's the champion, but you hear everyone Mike's lyrical about. You know, they need a top black star and how Junkyard Dog could sell things out. Yeah. Willie Mack is good on the mic. He's good in the ring and and has like the everyman look but can get it done in the ring. He's just so original. Exactly. He could be that top sort of black wrestling star to cross over, to get everyone involved, whatever creed, whatever background, you will support this guy for whatever reason. 
Yeah, like I, I'm watching this. My everlasting thought was like, can someone please get this guy across the UK something so we can watch him on the Indies yeah. before he gets signed up to something? You know. Yeah, I would. I would like, travel quite a long way to see Willie Mack. Yeah, for sure, man. Like UK promoters, get this guy over. He is fucking great, and he will work his socks off for you. I'll work Willie Mack. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim Cornette on commentary. You mentioned this earlier, but with Cabana in the ring, and he talks about his change of attitude. Go on. Oh, Jesus Christ! I mean. He Ber- doesn't sharp about it the whole time. Bury him much. I thought he was trying to bury him a yeah. little bit. Like he's also putting him over in the same context. He's being very sneaky about backhanded it. Backhanded compliment, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. And obviously he, the reason Cabana didn't go back to ROH for a long time yeah. is because of Cornet, and he's publicly said this a few times. He might as well have said, Yeah, he's quite agile for a fat bloke. Yeah. Pretty much. And it also didn't help with Riccoboni basically going, oh, it's great. He's my mate. He's going to do this. <laughs> Cornette going, all right, keep it in your pants. I quite like that, that Riccoboni was standing up for his mate in yeah. front of Cornette and be like, hey, Jim, how about you go fuck yourself pretty yeah. much? Uh, that was an interesting dynamic for sure on commentary during this match. Outside of someone going, hang on, who paid your legal fees? <laughs> <laughs> that NWA national title, though. <laughs> Fucking ugly as shit, isn't it's, it? It's amazing there's a belt to make the 24-7 title look good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand the tradition, but god damn, that's an ugly fucking belt. Cutbacks, anyway, mate. So, um, <laughs> Did you see the drapes? They can't afford real belts. <laughs> so, again, these might be two of my favourite current wrestlers. I, I've loved Cold Commander for years, and Willie Mack is always a standout for me. Yeah. Everything they do looks effective but safe, or their performance unique but not convoluted. You know, it's such a fine margin. Like there's everything from world of sport to lucha to high spot stuff for two guys that aren't working that hard it feels cabana's moonsault in this was such until a the end yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so um willie max takes the chris hamrick bump as well do you know what that is no so the chris hamrick bump if you don't know youtube it uh you know chris hamrick from ecw yes, and his yeah. wf for a while and that sort of stuff it's where you go to like you you run across the ring the guy kicks your feet from underneath you. Your feet go between the top and middle rope and you pretend ah. to grab the top rope and you land back bump on the on the floor. So it's like a clean bump from the ring. Whoop, boom, through the ropes onto the floor. And it looks like fucking death and I bet it fucking kills. <laughs> but it's the Chris Hamrick bump. Everyone okay. used to think it was a mistake and Cornette put it over as a mistake on commentary and I was like, oh, when it comes together, it comes together, boy. It's fucking brilliant. See, I didn't know that, but again, Cornette putting it over, like, yeah, yeah, Cornet did well in this match for Willie Mack. Yeah, like Willie Mack doing the hammerick bump. Like I fucking love this man. Like I'm, I'm really like getting endeared by Willie Mack now. <laughs> anyway, so um, oh, I had to mention this. Colt Cabana does a bionic elbow in an NWA ring. Well played. Just needed a recording more yep. than anything. You know? <laughs> so a finish comes when Mack misses a frog splash. Cabana misses a top rope moonsault, and it was fucking gorgeous. But ow, it's <laughs> a big man landing a long yeah. way. Uh, pop up forearm by Mac to Cabana. Uh, Mac rushes Cabana into the corner. Colt gets the boot up. Superman press, alligator clutch, quackenbush clutch, whatever you want to yeah. call it. For the one, two, three, and your new NWA national champion, Colt Cabana. By far my favorite match of the night. Easily the best match on this card. Probably the best match we've seen in the last, covered in the last few weeks. Yeah, I would say. Well, since the New Japan shows we covered. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had a lot of WCW. And then we had the... Uh, the, <laughs> we the a lot of shit recently. <laughs> yeah. Plenty more to come. Good podcasting there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, just absolutely fucking brilliant. Uh, post-match, um, they have a bit of a handshake. And it's, it's very subtle and done on the edge of the apron. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. It's two guys getting each other's respect, you know. This this was a case of, you got me today. 
Yeah. That was the handshake. It wasn't the case of, you're the better man, you're one. It was a case yeah. of, okay, well, you're Superman pin, alligator clutch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll they don't you. do it in the middle of the ring where everyone sees it and trying to make a big deal out of it. It's just as Willie Max telling the outside, Cabana comes up to him, says a nice little something, kind of shakes his hand and just kind of wanders off, you know. It, but, uh, what he's actually saying is a case of, if you live in the UK, progressing tees. <laughs> cheaper postage oh remember James Storm's coming out next so we've got to do this <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's drunk we've got to, we've got to buy time so here comes James Storm uh, he talks about the world 10 pounds of gold championship <laughs> yeah, like, what you a bell fucking idiot <laughs> that's what I call it in TNA <laughs> <laughs> Storm does his Stone Cold Steve Austin lines in the ring you know and also did his Ric Flair I'm a beer drinking ass kicking southern boy yep sex toy i'm not a fan he's a prick not at all uh so there's streamers now stuck around his boots as storm's wandering around and cabana stops it <laughs> and goes just just just, just <laughs> takes off the streamers from its boots and storm goes that was awesome and i'm like ah oh, you could not make me hate you anymore right now you started a this is awesome chant in fairness at that stage i was like oh well played yeah yeah yeah, I guess it was a funny moment, you know. Commander's just like, oh, we've got to throw some silly in here. There's silly happening. Let's do it. I know? need I need to do silly to save this fucking segment. <laughs> yeah, the match is amazing, but this this bullshit. Storm obviously challenges Colt, and we get there eventually, you know. Yeah, okay. management doesn't want someone like me. No. No, no, they really don't. Because Triple H didn't either. He's available, though, so the NWA probably do need him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. all good. So, who's this knacker with the black eye that's moving the cup from the stage down to ringside? <laughs> well, what was this? <laughs> Two random fucking knacker dudes woke up and go grab the cup and the belts that were obviously the tournament prizes. These are historic members of the, uh, the, the oh, Crockett family. I think I even wrote this in my notes. Which... Were they? The two, like guys grabbing the belts because yeah, i don't know if i noted this down other croc here people come out afterwards and pose with the belt i the think photo. these were nwa people right there's my okay. cabana notes willie matt crockett cuts um no i've uh it's all i've got is yeah crockett family corgan joe cove no i didn't get the names down for the guys before it, i'm afraid it looks like two jobber guys basically but the one of them's got a big black eye and like could we not get any other worker in the back to come get this cup but well, they were in the back row uh, they, probably, they probably were <laughs> yeah. to be honest i wouldn't recognize them boy one and boy two but they've also got Mr. Billy Corgan himself is Yay. here. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, Homie Simpson, Smiling Politely. I don't think we need to do anything more on this, do we? Thanks for saving the NWA, Billy. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yep. That's fine. It's never going to compete with the big boys. But it'll be a solid southern indie sort of show. They'll do the occasional show in Chicago, because that's where Billy's from, right? Yeah. Keep touring the 10 pounds of gold heavyweight championship. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you, Jay um, Storm. <laughs> Just keep that belt with some kind of prestige. Make it like a workers. Make it a wrestling belt. Make it a decent main event belt. Yeah. And try and develop young stars who feels, don't wear black trunks. It feels like they're going to have one champion at a time almost. Yeah. Uh, they've had Nick Aldis. I think Willie Mack has been competing recently with Nick Aldis as well for the strap, yeah. which is great. That's absolutely fine. Um, but they'll, they'll have guys that will drop down that will carry the belt for a good few years at a time and keep the prestige of it kind of going I feel that's the thing like Aldis will have this for another one to two years yeah maybe if he wins in the main event tonight. oops <laughs> <laughs> so um, they do a photo op with the tag straps Nikita Koloff is here to give the cup to the winners uh, there's a really awkward segment with Caprice Coleman interviewing Koloff where Koloff's kind of funny you know he's yeah. okay hang on where's your accent gone that's a nice moment uh, yeah. as well yeah for sure and then Koloff puts over Jesus at the end of it as well, which is weird. Uh, yeah, I used to fly the world and travel towns, and now I do the same thing. Spread the word of the good Lord. Does he fly you then? <laughs> Does Jesus give you air miles? 
<laughs> so Koloff also introduces motherfucker Magnum TA and his Segway. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Eddie Guerrero is basically, <laughs> didn't make up payments on his basically low rider and now they've like taken it away. <laughs> How much Magnum have you ever seen? Uh, very little. The, mo- the okay. I probably see more Magnum of the uh, ice cream bar. Ice cream, course. But uh, all- I was going with condoms. But, yeah, <laughs> that's all good. Go on. Never use him. That's why we've got so many one kids. Nah, that's nah, all the dudes that come in your face. <laughs> Good outfit. Hey, I don't know who what Jack Stain is. You have to show me it. <laughs> so uh, magnum does an inspirational speech and it's great i love magnum he's a lovely dude and I, I like the again, devastating what happened to him like cornet because he was going to win the belt yeah, yeah and then this changed wrestling forever i said i wouldn't say it changed wrestling forever jim no i mean it may have changed it was a big deal wcw forever yeah because it was blatantly going to be flair and magnum for like a long yeah. time feuding there was that around was that the time when they would then bring up sting because magnum was out was uh, that the opportunity? Maybe. That yeah, I mean, it's hard to say definitives. Cause obviously, yeah. he was with Dingo Warrior, who ended up being Ultimate Warrior at the time in their tag. Uh, Blade and Runners. Yeah, they were notorious for like, just beating the shit out of people. And yeah. then, like, there's lots of people who ended up beating the fuck out of them like backstage because they injured people they like. And Joey stuff. Styles. And I think they learned their lesson quickly. Well, at least Sting did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows about the other guy? Whatever happened to that other guy as well? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure his wife's on creative now, so it's all right. Why is that about? Good thing that's Why in- does she get a say in women's creative and WWE now? Well, look how good it's been. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a few replays of the events throughout the night and the tag tournament, which leads into our final match of the Crockett Cup 2019. The NWA World Tag Team titles are up for grabs here as well. Of Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer with Medusa who comes out with them, versus uh, Villain Enterprises of Brody King and PCO. Uh, Brody and PCO both come out selling their right arms. And you're like, it's a bit cheesy, but at least they're fucking selling well, for Exactly. Once. They, they learn. Yeah. So the beginning of the match is Brody getting beat down two on one for the vast majority of it. Then Brody tags in PCO, who's selling his arm. And when he, even when he's tagged, he's like, oh, that hurt. Like, and you're like, okay, cool. It's actually, we're doing a story here. But then PCO goes to the the ropes looks at brody and goes brody fix my arm and he's like what and they're like brody come fix my arm so brody jumps up on the apron grabs pco's arm does the drop down drops his arm across the ropes and pco's fixed <laughs> he's absolutely fine goddamn cyborgs what is this bullshit <laughs> what a gimmick does he do this all every match now sort of i thing? have no idea all I, all I know is that apparently WWE were keen to sign him I think to myself that's just because he's on the indies <laughs> he's not doing no. this in the WWE that's for sure Triple H <laughs> do you mind fix my arm <laughs> I was in the Quebecers you know and then they just put they put uh, the mountain uniform on him and that'd yeah. be it let's give PCO um, uh, a nice agent slot later in life see how long he can go for this war but like let's reward him because he's come back and he's so good man no no this is terrible no don't give him a fucking agent's <laughs> job okay guys what we want you to do drag dragon seth what we're going to do is you need to fix dragon's leg oh god's sake i think they're gonna do that anyway so uh the finish comes in this match where brody does power moves to latimer fireman's mishinoku the black hole slam top rope moonsault by pco <laughs> if you can call it a moonsault because it looks fucking terrifying frosby flop <laughs> for the one two three and your winners and new and surprising nwa tag team champions villain enterprises of brody king and pco i haven't skipped over the spots there are no spots no it's just the finish after this bullshit with the arm and that's it this was dog shit it's not great no um i think the right team won 
for what they want because Villain Enterprises actually has some traction. If they can come back and defend the belts and regularly work for the NWA, then absolutely fine with it. It's the shame that they are one of the worst tag teams in this tournament. They're interesting. One of the worst tag teams in this tournament. <laughs> I'd agree with it. So, um, because a man saying Brody fix my arm and Brody again instantly stopped selling after PCO's arm was fixed. Yeah, I mean that's that's what the notes I've got here is that they go to the outside and they're doing the whole presentation, and everything. Neither lad is selling fucking anything. And it's just like, oh, this is not good. Well, I mean, fairness, it's a pretty big cup to lift. <laughs> and so, and um, rib on them, they've got to get that through customs. Ah. <laughs> Back to Philadelphia. Well, Springsteen lives there probably. <laughs> so Koloff and Magnum present Brody and PCO with the carp. Koloff's promo is so face that PCO and Brody have to stand there and break character being like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And I've wanted to protect you of the power of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus gave you these belts and he flew me Delta. Oh, God damn it. So what do you think of the tournament? Um. Um. It's a difficult one, isn't it? And that there was some okay stuff. Yeah, I think about that like Flip and um, Bandido. Bandido, the two Lucha guys were kind of fun earlier. Yeah, Stoker and Maya were yeah. very good. But I think the problem they had was they were limited by the talent that they knew they'd be able to have win the belts and would fit in with the NWA stocks. Can you imagine the Briscoes running around with the NWA tag straps? I thought they were going to win it, to be honest. No, I, Just because they're so Cornette, Southern, like they, they're NWA through and through. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, the the only people I thought who would have won this other than Villain Enterprise were they given it to Rock and Roll Express for nostalgia. But That'd again, as they're trying to build it as a legitimate tag yeah. division, they've got to give it to the people who have the most traction. With the storytelling, I thought they were going to put it on Isaacs and Latimer just because of the way they, they won the Battle Royal. They went through every match winning and they defeated some big guys and stuff in there as well. But and I thought they were just the NWA regular guys. So Yeah, but they'd never take before. All before right. this match. And they got, that over, know the that. Ba- they got that over in the Battle Royal before... That they, they yeah they'd never tagged before. They just wanted the opportunity to be in the Crockett Cup. Yeah. And when they said that, it's a case of well, they're not. You're having the rebirth of your tag belts. Yes, obviously, if you put belts on people, they might get the belt, might get the people over. But you want a definitive tag team. Yeah. So instead, you put it on fucking PCO and Brody King. <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. Anyway, so a video package for our tonight's main event of the evening. Uh, Marty Skell didn't win the ROH World Heavyweight Championship at the Madison Square Garden G1 show. Uh, Marty challenges Aldis on ROH television, not NWA stuff, which is yep. very interesting to me. This is all ROH footage, pretty much. A uh, bit of shoving, finger snapping, kind of pre-show, whatever. Uh, Aldis's lady, who apparently is called Camille. Uh, yeah, because Mickey James was contracted elsewhere. I was wondering, because they're married, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I guess in between the two, and here we go. Tonight's main event. Wait. The NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, sorry, have you got the name of that belt right? <laughs> I called it the World's Heavyweight Championship. No, no, no. It fucking did. I know. The 10 pound of gold's heavyweight championship, whatever. Yeah, the 10 pound of gold. World's Heavyweight <laughs> Championship. <laughs> <laughs> of Nick Aldis with Camille versus Marty Skull. And Nick's obviously the champion. So, um... Let's talk about Marty's gimmick for a little bit. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? I hate the whoop whoop thing, but like everything else. But this case in point, going from Party Marty, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to get you over. Create yourself a gimmick. Create yourself a a persona. And you end up being one of the biggest names on the indies because you signed your contract with Ring of Honor and couldn't go to AEW with your mates. Yet. He obviously will end up in AEW and he's only a few months off of that, I think. I wonder, though, if he'll be like, well, because the Indies now are so sparse, if he'll stay off and win top titles elsewhere. Nah. 
he'll be a solid British name for AEW. Yeah. Yeah, him and Flip. You can just do that for like a year straight away as soon as they both come across because they will. They're so involved in the um With being the elite. elite and everything yeah. else. Like they're they're just they're that group. Like that group is incomplete without those two guys on the show, you know? I wonder if they do like a pursuit angle once once their their contracts are up, if they actually try to like even do like live broadcast things like look, they've been offered this. Oh, like and the not, book havoc thing. Yeah, but uh, and also like pushing Cody in the bucks to be and and Kenny to be like, you know, should we sign him? Okay, you know, that could be great. We're 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 in charge. Should we Al Snow debut for the WWF and he'd come on commentary and like yeah. you know be like I'm trying to get a job and then King would fuck with him and stuff. Yeah, and have Flip Gordon come onto <laughs> AEW and do oh, that. Oh, that'd be great. And then you've got MJF going. No, I'm Cody's boy now. They're all really yeah. good at comedy as well. And yeah, like, but keeping their characters in comedy. Yeah, like Havoc is a uh, sorry Havoc. Oh, it's the wrong one. Marty Skrull is absolutely fucking great as a face vi- face villain guy. Yeah. Like it's so difficult to describe. It shouldn't work, but it just does so brilliantly. Something stupid like okay, if you can win this race with Pharaoh, yeah, <laughs> for sure, then you can have a contract. Can you imagine Marty's <laughs> yeah. reaction? Tripping the dog up and just like spiking its water and stuff. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> anyway, a poison bone in the bowl and like feeling because <laughs> he has a couple of moments in this match which are as good yeah. almost along those lines. So Aldis has a beautiful Napoleonic style jacket. That I was like, yeah, okay, the raw gold, the yeah. uh, purple gold. Uh, tights as well like yeah he's an nwa champion yeah he's getting this gimmick down like again this guy how did he not make it for the wwe or someone like he's just he's perfect older when he was magnus couldn't cut a promo for shit and also yeah. if you Vince man going magnus what's a magnus that is not good shit yeah good old magnus <laughs> i love the Bit fact that cider you know yeah <laughs> i love the fact on that vince mcmahon thing that just because it's been mentioned on a couple of like pritchard and jr podcasts and everyone's like oh vince oh that's good shit oh that's good shit <laughs> everyone says it now yeah <laughs> it's great good shit so anyway nwa not doing enough to highlight the history between the two really and these being two british guys competing for the belt like i feel there's more of a story to be told here they didn't really get across they could have also push this more for an international audience i think for actually yeah. two of the top british guys going yeah. at it for the richest prize in the like, industry all you had to do was tell the story that marty tells post-match of marty walking in and meeting nick Aldis for the first time and then taking him under his wing as we've talked about previously well they did they did sort of touch on that on one of the promo segments yeah but not enough is what yeah. i'm getting at they need to they need to knock it out of the park you know really i wonder this if any a of good this exposure moment i wonder if any of this was of pushed out though on social media beforehand maybe because obviously I didn't go back check the uh, yeah. the little, the build up to it, but, but who would you know? Yeah. Like I think this is the part of the thing of like the the indiness and the newness of who's running it and what they're doing. They just haven't quite got it sunk yet. Yeah. They're doing all the right stuff, but it's like this is the beginning of Billy Corgan's kind of ownership. So they're just learning, developing. Like it's not yeah. the worst, but it's it could be better. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So uh, the commentators put over that Aldis has 20 plus defenses of the belt yeah. immediately. I was like, that's fucking great, man. Um, and I see uh, Earl Junior. What's his name? Dave Hebner. Dave Hebner. And I, I can't help but think he looks like a mix between um, Dermot O'Leary and Brian Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It popped me really hard. I like that comparison. Very good. Yeah, for sure. So um, Tommy Young is also here, the classic NWA ref, to do the uh, the pre-match instructions and to touch both guys gently <laughs> post-match. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Don't Chop. think we need to check them, but it's Chops in the corner. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the match starts, and they kind of go for a shake hands. Aldis offers his hand, but Marty gives him a little fist bump. And I'm be like, eh, didn't need that. Right. But it's fine. Uh, they do a lovely selection of World of Sports stuff to start classic with. Classic British. 
really well lovely way to start old school nwa style thing with the world of sport thing absolute perfect fit um then uh marty even fakes out on the ref uh, a non-trip by Camille. So he goes to pretend like he gets tripped up and like, oh, they did that. And the ref comes across and sends it to the back. Yeah, like, and yeah. Marty's face as he's selling this going like, <laughs> and Cornette selling it on commentary as well. Like the whole thing, it just works yeah. so brilliantly, this little spot. And again, like that's classic like 80s shenanigan wrestling. No, yeah. no sort of, it's all pomp and allure. It's really nice. Just he's a villain. Yes, so good. So cheeky. I wish he'd maintain it a little more sometimes, this villainness. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so uh, they do the more WWE style strike move stuff post this kind of world of sport phase almost. Uh, Aldous does the sack of shit off Brett's rope. I want, I tweeted this. I wonder how many people understand what I'm talking about. Enjoy. What, do, what, what is a sack of shit off Brett's rope? Sack of shit? Yeah. Do you know what a sack of shit is? Just like the crossbody thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's the full away slam. Yeah. So that's uh, what Scott Hall calls it. And off Brett's rope means the middle rope. Yeah. So he's doing a full away slam off the second rope. That's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um so it's um yeah, Scott Hall always called it the sack of shit. It makes a point of how people should call it the sack of shit. So I do. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Anyways, the oldest choke slams Mai through a table on the outside and it looks fucking brutal. He's hardcore, he's hardcore. Really cool little moment. Aldous blade seemingly from absolutely nothing. I didn't catch why he bladed. Ricky Morton did it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's the NWA, we've got to do a blade job. How else are we going to get heat, brother? Exactly. This It's just like when Flair used to do it. Yeah, for sure. So we get a tombstone and a top rope elbow dropped by Aldous. I'm like, Taker and Macho are not going to be happy, mate. Because Marty kicks out of it. You're like, you're fucking... <laughs> what? You did a tombstone and then a fucking giant top elbow drop. He resuscitates him with the elbow. <laughs> and he done it after the tombstone had been out. But he's like, knocked it back into him after the elbow drop. Nice. The powers, man. Anyway, so uh, sloppy Mishinoku by Aldous. Uh, Marty kicks out of two after all of that stuff we've just mentioned fine because it was a sloppy uh, well I guess so but anyway uh, Aldous goes for the cloverleaf but Marty Skull grabs the fingers and breaks them in half how do you do that finger snap dance <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the prequel pod that's a very Oscar reference yeah so Marty does the little spin and oh chicken wing but doesn't get it Nice, that was pretty good. Uh, you've been watching loads of Hey Dougie, haven't you? <laughs> the chickens. Oh, pretty good. What a chicken. <laughs> anyway, so Mai hits uh, Crossroads. Oh, Consuela, Consuela. Oh. <laughs> Mai hits Crossroads, which is a lovely yeah. reference to the Cody Rhodes Nick Aldis match yep. that just happened because that's what Cody beat him with. But it doesn't work for Mai because obviously he's not, not Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Exactly. Huge lariat by Mai. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. But Aldis moves out of the way. Mai takes out the ref. Camille then back out, who's Aldous's um, valet. Hang on, can she do that, Joey? Yeah, fucking A. Who <laughs> charges at Marty, but then Aldous steps in front and stops her and is like, I'm going to do this myself. And it's this lovely kind of switch of the face heel yeah. moment almost where he's like, no, no, this is my friend. We're going to do this without bullshit. And then as soon as Aldous turns around, Marty smashes him in the bollocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> brilliant moment well played <laughs> really fun little spot uh, Mai hits the double underhook neck breaker thing for a slow one two because the ref's obviously taking the bump but Aldis kicks out the chicken win is locked in out of, almost out of nowhere almost the Brett Piper finish yeah roll, the up. roll up but the kick's out still He's, he clearly watched our pod 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. But this this is how you do false finishes. Yeah, there's there's a bit too much tombstoney other people's finish stuff. But, but now this final segment, yeah, really yeah. nice, really really cool. Marty goes for the skull driver. Apparently, it's called the package DDT yeah. thing he does that Kevin Owens now does as well on TV. I think Kevin did it first, but whatever. Uh, Aldous reverses into the clover leaf. Uh, he's got a posh name for this clover leaf, but I can't remember what it was. Couldn't pick it out. No, the royal blue clover leaf or something. The royal clover leaf. I don't know. Didn't get it. Sorry. Uh, Marty goes for the fingers again, but Aldous powers through this time, so he doesn't get the finger snap. Drags Marty away from the ropes one time center of the ring Marty taps just perfect yeah just enough time to make you think oh he's gonna get the ropes and all just drags him back perfect. lock it in three two one tap 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 fine and so few people do that because normally they pull people back in center ring and then they escape yeah no all the time. you're locked in you've tried you failed yeah you've got to tap i thought they were gonna go um hbk bulldog from that uk european oh, match yeah where it goes for ages and then one guy passes out and like can't raise his hands and yeah. such but i'm happy they didn't because this has got so much more drama to it it needed a definitive finish yeah. and again 24 they, minutes yeah longest match of the night second best match of the night didn't feel like a long match no. it felt nice and compact and interesting maybe i'm biased because we're british and these are two guys yeah. i really like but there was no waste nothing was wasted everything yeah. had a purpose a lot different phases of the match yeah. to tell the story you know and it and it built it was a slow build all the way through but even in the slowest parts of the match every mo- every moment had a purpose and yeah. that's the problem with the whole of this card yeah up to this point other than the cabana and willie mack match nothing had any reason yeah and well, these two matches- a tournament which is a purpose you know what i mean so i felt like they didn't need to book much of a story around that but it felt like they were it's negotiated booking. No, but as, yeah, as you said, there, there wasn't a case of, right, we need these people to be strong. It's a case of we need these people to not be yeah. overshadowed. The whole way through the thing, it felt like they were having to work to companies' requirements. Yeah, it was dog shit. Yeah, not great. Not no. at all. But this match, it's fucking brilliant. I really love this main event. Yeah, this this uh, this and Willie Mack and Colcabana saved yeah. this card for me. And it's nice that it was the two matches with the shitty tag final sandwich at the end because it yeah. was the last part of the thing that I watched and I thought, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. And I went back and watched some of the earlier matches again and I was like, Oh, no, it was It was great. really quite shit, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, post-match, Marty gives a bit of a speech. Um, Marty talks about their history and how Aldous gave him his break. Again, this should have been the story, but whatever. Uh, they put over the um, put each other over, and I'm like, is Marty full face here? What happened to the villain? Like, this is... I don't yeah. understand why, because of the history with the two, but and yeah. Marty's probably not coming back anytime soon. Well, that's the thing. If, if he was going to come back, you wouldn't be doing this QB building for part two, the money, yeah. the mon- another money match. But it, it's, they kind of... Well, I call that money match in front of a thousand people. Yeah, for the NWA, this is a big crowd, it feels like. For now, it's a big crowd. I've yeah. seen a lot smaller crowds than yeah. NWA shows. Well, then you look at things like NWA California, NWA Hollywood, where yeah, you've got people I like Arquette so. in at the moment, whereas this is properly like proper National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, like the big boy show, yeah. it feels like almost, you know. Especially in North Carolina, it feels like a bit of a hotbed for yeah. NWA, you know. Um, so they put each other over. Uh, it's kind of weird. Um, Aldous then grabs the mic and puts over the NWA rebirth, not Marty. <laughs> he puts him over a bit. But really, he knows what his focus has to be. Yeah. And he knows that his friend won't mind him putting over the NWA and yeah. what he's working towards. You know? And also, if they can get that belt higher prestige than it already is, yeah, then we're there. And that's it, folks. That's 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 it. We've been missing to do this on the last few shows. Cornflake right. rating. Um, for the whole show, I think it has to be like a two. Yeah. I don't think I can go above that, really. Like, the main event is, I think it's close to a four-star Meltzer sort of match. Uh, I think Willie Mack and uh, Colt Cabana are probably around the same level. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed really that a little bit more. Matches, I enjoyed all the other stuff. 
Yeah. If you think this show was about three and a half hours, three hours, 34, I think in total. Yeah. And you've only really got about 35, 40 minutes of good wrestling. Yeah. That means you're looking at three hours of shit. There's, there's really two moments that stand out for me. And it's Koji doing the machine gun chops and going rah, 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 in the corner where I thought was fucking hilarious. And PCO almost killing himself in the ring apron. Yeah. But those are two spots I can see on any other show those two guys are on. Rock and Roll Express was a nice highlight for me. That's funny. I enjoyed seeing yeah, those yeah, guys and the hypo blade on the uh, on the hard cam. Yeah, the that, kicking, that was, kicking yeah. his fucking forehead like... <laughs> but, you know, the main event was what it was. But considering you're dubbing this the Crockett Cup your tag belts the the crockett cup should be the main i i know like nwa yeah. it's going to be you know the the 10 pounds of gold is always going to be the main focus and rightly so mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have been overshadowed by your singles title so i even think the women's match was better than all of the tag matches think about the indie shows we've watched for this podcast yeah there's a lot of good guys out there i feel like 50 percent of this roster don't really highlight what they need to highlight I also think a lot of this is who is local to NWA hotbed and which local workers, local fans, local tickets, get them yeah. in. Keep your key star people who will be your champions. Obviously, Jazz carried the women's belt for a long time. I think Alison Kay will carry the women's belt for a long time. Cabana at this like, North American championship, wherever it is, yeah. the, the national championship, that's going to be the flip-flop belt. Mm-hmm. And then Aldis will hold this belt for another one to two years. Uh, saying all this, as as a fan, if I'd paid my admission and I'd turned up to watch this show, I'd be perfectly content. Oh, yeah. Give me a really solid main event, a really nice kind of um, worker belt sort of match, an interesting tournament with some crazy shit happening, you know? I'd probably been bored because the crowd are so dead yeah. for most of the show. But if this was a British indie show, I'd be chuffed to bits. Well, I was going to say, this is British indies when it was turning a corner maybe five, six years ago. Yeah. This is the sort of thing you'd get. You'd have a couple of barnstorm matches or a couple of imports and go, oh, they're really good. And then you just need to pad out to give yourself a two, three-hour show. Yeah. The whole thing feels too safe. NWA. Yeah. Apart from the guys that have come in who are doing the crazy shit, you know? Which gets the pops. Yeah. The rest of it's all just like, it's just guys working wrestling matches you can see on any fucking show ever. Yeah. So why would you bother to come back to the NWA? Exactly. Focus on the title match. And to be fair, so many people have released the main event outside of a full show of this. Yeah, doesn't. But I can't see the NWA doing a lot anytime soon. It will stay relevant in certain states, who will always go back to the NWA as their hotbed, and people always refer back to the NWA. But it will still always be WWE, AEW jockeying for number one. Then you'll have ROH, New Japan. Well, New Japan. ROH, TNA, Independence. Yeah, pretty and much. And NWA will not be able to go over people like Smash. NWA will not be able to go over people. I mean, if you think that Progress did 4,500. I was going to say, you can throw in WXW, ICW, Progress, uh, yeah. Irish one, OTT. OTT. You know, they're, they're all there. Riptide's coming up as well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think the NWA has a market for the old school fans and Nick Old is keeping the old school purpose of the £10 of gold, but it will never be... And I don't think it should. It'll never be able to compete. It'll be a good breeding ground. It'll be a good thing for nostalgia for to make one star. And then if that star then goes on, to make sure they've got someone ready to step up and have another two to three year run for that company. Yeah, I feel Aldous will move on sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, that's it. I said, I think it's 12, 18 months. Mm. He'll drop the belt and he'll go somewhere. Could be a solid guy for ROH to pick up. Yeah, but you know, he can still work ROH. 
There we go. So thank you very much for listening and watching this week. We are live every Wednesday around five o'clock on YouTube. But uh, it seems like the vast majority of people listen to us now. So I've noticed our numbers are going up and up on the audio podcast yeah. stuff and kind of just sitting kind of and then going on the YouTube <laughs> stuff. But it makes our life easier. So it's yeah. all good. Uh, again, please go pick up a T-shirt if you want to go support us. You can get it off Amazon. Just search World of Wrestling Podcast. That'd be great. And uh, tell a friend we exist. If you like what we do, I think we're funny at times. Yeah, we do people right. seem to enjoy it. So uh, yeah, help us out. Get our numbers up a little bit. That'd be fucking awesome. We're going to reveal who our super secret special guest is for next week to uh, try and build yeah. build an audience. Go ahead. We are going to be enjoyed. Enjoyed? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be enjoyed well next done. week. <laughs> well played. We are going to be joined by former SEPW heavyweight champion, the purveyor of flamboyance and fury, Mr. Will Power, is going to be joining us next week. He was in the Super Quiz Cup too, and he was definitely provided a bunch of highlights. So it'd be nice to have him for a full show. We're going to have to work out how we're going to set up the cameras and where we're all going to sit and stuff. Brilliant, I'll have a week off. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the show we're going to do? I think we'll leave the show as a surprise. Okay, we'll just say it's uh, WWF. Yeah. We're going Attitude Era, so I think you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> where can people find you on the social uh, check out as uh, Fanboy Rich on Instagram and Twitter uh, at the Text Moons on Twitter Instagram and Facebook yep the place to get us both uh, for the pod is World of Rest Podcast on Twitter really that's yep. the only one we really maintain we have a Facebook and a World of Wrestling Podcast but we post all the the um the events there and stuff my kids screaming upstairs <laughs> anyway but yeah worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is the website so check all that out and uh, yeah thank you very much see you next week NWA sucks Bye. <laughs>